Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
All right, greetings, everybody. Well, welcome everybody to the show. This is uh, Brother Benini. I'll have my co-host, uh, Reverend Hecker, here with me soon. Uh, let me just see if we have Father Sebastian here. That's what was holding up. I was texting him. Hold on. Father Sebastian, are you here? Hey, Father Sebastian, how you doing? <laughs> well, if you, if, all right, if you struggle, I can put you on the speakerphone, but you got to, if you dial in the number, it should ask you. Okay. All right. And it, it asks you for an ID and then the pen. I can give it to you. I, I can give it to you over. You can just dial it. I can give it all your information. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You, you. Okay, you got the you got all the numbers, or you need me to give them to you? All right, and just remember it's the pound symbol. So after the ID, pound symbol is giving you. A, okay, I got you. All right. All right, people. <laughs> He's got a new iPhone. He's he's calling in right now, so we'll we'll get started shortly. Let me just make sure everything up and running on both ends. He, all right. Pull out. Make sure the chat is all right. Peace, Sister Maya. I'm just getting everything set up here, and then we're gonna start in a minute or two. All right. All right, he's calling it now. Let's get off the phone. He is actually driving. Uh, so we just wait to get him connected. Just bear with me. Give us a minute or two. We want to welcome everybody to the show. Uh, we will be talking about uh, Vampire Magic, one of his main books, but not just that. Uh, we'll get into some other uh, areas and topics. All right, so just give me a minute just so uh, we can get him connected. He's calling it right now. Uh, we'll wait till we get everybody else here. I know, just just came on, so it's gonna take a minute for everybody. Okay, I think we got it, hold on. We finally have All right. <laughs> All right, all right, let me just uh, see what number you are so I can make sure we have you. You can hear me good, Father Sebastian? I can hear you great. All right, cool. I'm just trying to figure where you are on the list so I can make sure you have all. Okay, I see you. Uh, hold on one second. I just want to make sure we got. I'm trying to see what number you're calling in from. Hold on one sec. Uh, can you still hear me? Yeah, I can hear you clear and loud. Okay. 
All right. Well, we thank you for coming to the show. I know there's a little bit of a <laughs> little bit of a venture getting here. Um, if you could, to maybe those that are not familiar with you, I know my, a lot of a lot of my listeners are familiar with you, but for the sake of uh, newer people that might catch this later, or newer people that are listening live right now, if you can just introduce yourself and you know give a background, uh, you know a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a uh... I'm an impresario um, of the Endless Night, which is an immersive theater nightclub event uh, that is uh, run from a magical perspective. And we do events all over the world. Uh, and I'm a fangsmith, so I make fangs for people who love the vampire aesthetic. But that is more of a glamour thing and a fun ritualistic thing. Um, and on the side, I am a priest of the Sturgavai order. Okay. Uh, is living vampirism. So that's my esoteric side. And okay. everything I do, I involve ritual and magic. Right. Okay. Um, and I know we had a conversation about this. And so if you if you can, I know obviously um, there's different methods of vam- vampirism out there or practicing the vampire sure. uh, culture. And I, I would like to make sure we distinguish, distinguish the differentiate between that. Is It's not all the same. Um, it, it, it varies, uh, obviously, depending on the path. And if you could, the, one of the first things I would like to address, because it always comes up uh, when dealing with vampirism, the concept of working with blood. But I would like I would like you to give your perspective on that and your approach to it. Well, blood is the most controversial topic in the vampire world. Um, Different orders and different groups have different perspectives. I mean, if you want to hone it down to the three types of vampires that are at the basic level of the actual lifestyle community, you have psychic vampires, which are energy, you have um, blood drinkers, and then you have uh, lifestylers, which are aesthetic and philosophical. And then there's various combinations of all of those. You know, there's you, you go into the sanguine community and there's 50 different expressions of it, and no one can seem to agree on what it is. Um, For me, uh, I experimented with blood drinking. I think it's Mm -hmm. sexy. It's a fetish. It's strictly a fetish for me. Right. I don't get that connection. Um, I, you know, back in the 90s, I tried it with my girlfriends, and it, uh, it had deep and profound results. But in the end of the day, it didn't get as good results as direct energy contact. Okay. And um, so, but here's, here's the, the thing that I think is confusing for people. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not against it. I'm just right. about safety. Right. And I'm also realistic that 90% of the people that claim to be sayings are doing it for sensationalism. Mm. And and shock value, or right. or need to belong, not because they actually have a need for it. I I have seen no evidence whatsoever in my experience of 25 years in the vampire community and vampire world of someone actually needing it. I've questioned one or two people um, who actually believe they need it or they show they need it, but the majority of people uh, don't have porphyria, which is the need for iron. And that's a real medical condition, and only about 20 to 25 people that I, from my experience, have it in the United States. So it's not something you want. 
Correct. Um, no. so Makes sense. Being a realist, being a realist, I, I have nothing against people doing consenting, you know, safe, sane, and consensual blood tests in their own bedrooms. But, uh, you know, numerous times people have used the media to um, sensationalize and kind of get their 15 minutes of fame from it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, mm-hmm. go ahead. Well, let me, let me tap that up. I also think that, on the other hand, okay, blood drinking, if you do it in an intimate thing, setting to connect with someone, is the most intimate sharing of life force that you can have. Sure. So right. it's, it's extremely sacred in many places. But for vampires to need to drink blood, some believe they need it for medical reasons. Some believe they need it for spiritual reasons. Some believe that, that it links the energy. It creates energy links. Um, my practice, Strigabai, and my clan, Sabertooth, which is basically my um, whole variety of people, we don't include blood drinking in our practices because we go right to the energy. Mm. Okay. So, more spiritual. Right. So as far as the feeding techniques, right, when you say uh, going with energy, um, again, I think that too, uh, there sometimes is a, (laughs) as far as with the blood and the physical, being selective of who you're feeding it, can you speak on the importance with that? Because obviously you have to be educated on your target and, and obviously you wouldn't want to feed off or in, or ingest just a random person's energy or am i wrong about that well life force is life force you know it's charged with various you know think of water is it clean or not clean right okay. um everything is energy and the vampire is if you talk about energy vampires i'm not talking people that dress up as vampires and want to go out and have a good time um right. or people who who uh identify with the vampire archetype in a philosophical way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm talking about people who, and and let me make a clear difference between Sang Sai and there's a third type, which I think is not understood by the Sang and Sai community and is not necessary to be understood, which is life force right. vampires. Okay. Which don't go for the emotion. They don't have an energy deficiency. Their need is based on their interest in evolving and recharging the batteries more than you can with the one physical body. Mm, so okay. dr- drinking blood creates energy links between you and someone else, just like physical contact, but a deep contact. And I've, you know, I've seen a whole variety of different types of levels of energy connection. Right. Uh, the first level is ambient energy, which is like the energy that's radiated around a group of people. Like you go to a concert or a sporting event or a shopping mall or an amusement park. Because I'm at Disney right now, believe it or not. <laughs> um, with with a group of vampires about to have dinner in an hour <laughs> and talk about this very subject. Um, so that's ambient energy. It's like it's like the sauna where you go in and you collect energy and human life force is the most compatible for a vampire. Mm, okay. So mm-hmm. you know, then you have surface feeding, which is basically above the skin, which is usually radiated from the outer layers of the aura, which is going to be like heat coming off a radiator. You're kind mm-hmm. of collecting the heat. And then there's deep feeding, which is you're feeding pretty much from the core of the chakras. 
I personally believe that the first two levels ambient and surface, because it's being radiated off the individual, it's excess energy, you can, that's game, you can take that ethically without hurting someone. Um, however, I think an, a, an advanced vampire or a vampire with a very big hunger, if they feed deeply, they can violate uh, consent. And that's something that's really important to be aware of, that deep feeds are very intimate and there's something that requires um, awareness on the donor or at least a, you know, basic education that their core energy is going to be siphoned out um, and then being responsible with that. Right. So I think it's, uh, what do you do with it? That's the next discussion. <laughs> all right. My, uh, if you could, if, all right. How, how would one, because you mentioned in some of the, in, in your book, Vampire Magic, you get into some of the elements of Vampire Magic. How would one mm -hmm. who's interested on this path? Let's say it's somebody that really hasn't set out and practiced any of the techniques, um, has just read up on it, studied it, is interested in. What would be your suggestion to them? What direction would you point them to to start out to kind of get them in the right direction? Well, let's let's clarify a couple things first, okay? Um, when I was writing Vampire Magic, that was the continuation of the Sanguinomicon, which is okay. basically a, a, the magnum opus of what I've done, and it's about the Strigovi path. That's right. one perspective of vampirism. I'm not dictating, you know, I was, back then, I was very focused, and I wanted to, you know, basically keep my focus and keep my students focused. Uh, very, uh, you know, um, defined, okay? Since then, 10 years ago, when I wrote the books, I've advanced a lot. Okay. And I've simplified things. And vampire magic, you know, magic is using, magic is, is one thing, energy work is another. And magic is using will and uh, life force to, to focus through ritualistic practices um, uh, specific outcomes. Right. Well, energy, energy work, most vampires that I know are energy workers. And they'll do ritual to be able to collect. A, ritual is great and magic is great for focusing a group, uh, for training wheels, to put your mindset in a specific format. And... I like to go with Anton LaVey's definition of magic for the day side perspective, which is the, the, the way you interact with the physical world. The night side is the way that you interact with the spirit world beyond the trail. So basically, Correct. one side is day side magic, one side is night side magic, and then sorcery is the manipulation of both of them. <clears throat> and I call okay. it, and that's pulling on links and strings. So, like anybody, I'm still evolving. I've only been incarnated for four decades. So of course. I'm discovering new things all the time. Right. And, you know, interacting with empiric spirits and astral entities and stuff like that. I'll go through phases where I'll interact with them and then I'll take a break and whatnot. But I use magic every day in my life. Uh, from I ritualized my fang-making process, which I took a dental prosthetic and turned it into a magical ritual where I do energy work with my fang clients. Wow. Okay, okay. To yeah, yeah. So making a pair of fangs is extremely sacred. That's why I don't do mail order very often because I want that person to be connected. And 
Um, it's, I also do community building with the Sabretooth clan. People that get fangs become Sabretooths because I link with them, and I'm the catalyst that brings everyone together. And as the community grows, the only way to become a Sabretooth is for me to physically make you fangs so I can actually screen and, and do what I call the rites of transformation, which involves um, an oath, a naming, and a lot of people see it. If you see my BuzzFeed video with a woman named Salorum, you see me uh -huh. doing the ritual, and it's a rites of transformation. It's, it's to bring people into focus and ritualize the process of making things, and I'm the only fang smith that took the extra effort to do that. Right. And if, if you could, Father Sebastian, could you give some of your, your, your contact, your websites where people could see some of the things you're talking about, your YouTube page? I know you got an Instagram. Sure. Uh, if you could Father put that Sebastian out there so people. I -A -A. Sure. Um, it's Father Sebastian, F-A-T-H-E-R-S-E-B-A-S-T-I-A-A-N-A-A. -A 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 -A. Um, and that's on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Father Seb on Twitter. Uh, what's important to be aware of is I don't actively right now put out the magical. I'm more focused on a day side perspective mm -hmm. right now. Right. Um, creating a environment for my fan clients to uh, become uh, more attuned. I mean, I started this as a business that I run with magic. Right. A lot of people go to me, you can't, run, you can't have a business that has to do with magic, and I think that's bullshit. That's right. <laughs> um, I think there's professional sorcerers in Russia and the Latin America, and Americans seem to have this problem mixing spirituality and business. You know, you have a doctor who mixes medical, and, you know, if he's not able to pay his rent, he can't do his job. Right. Um, so my... My project started as a business, and I used magical techniques to infuse into the business to make the experience better for my patrons. My, right. my events always start with a ritual. I have a lot of magical rituals that are involved in a lot of my events. Um, I do a lot of magic to guide my business. Uh, I like the concept of ritual and energy work and... Uh, we do rituals at a lot of the events, like actual rituals, which was hard to do in the 90s when I started because people, were, a lot of my clients and my members were scared we were going to be classified as a cult. Right, of and, course. You know, or given the public perception of that. And that's been a big concern for a lot of the people who were involved. And then as, the, you know, the Ubilets, the Zero Zeros came about, Magic with Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and where right. it started, that actually helped the magical community evolve. And now with YouTube and, and uh, Amazon, it, it's the, the, the muggles, as you, you know, Harry Potter calls them, the norms are less, they're, they're not as sensitive to things that might be as controversial. Right. And uh, something that we had discussed when we when we talked, uh, I believe it was Friday or Saturday, um, you said something that stood out to me. If you could elaborate it, you're kind of elaborating it on now, but if you can go a little bit deeper into it, you know, your your focus with the magic, because I, I keep hearing you, you know, use that term and I'm glad you are. Uh, it's about, you know, the transformation, the change uh, and the growth. Um, if you could elaborate on that. Well, let's let's start with the first thing is vampirism for me 
is an archetype based on Carl Jung. We all need archetypes to be able to function. Okay. Are you a male? Are you a female? Are you old? Are you young? Are you Native American? Are you European? Are you African? Um, Harry Potter is a great example of uh, using archetypes with the houses. Okay. You know, if you talk to any Harry Potter fan, they know what house they are. I don't know all the houses. I love Harry Potter from as a, like an amateur fan, but right. um, Carl Jung talked about the human mind functioning in archetypes, and the vampire is an archetype. <clears throat> and one of my missions is to be able to provide a version of that archetype that is about personal evolution, about taking the positive and empowering elements of the vampire archetype and using them to evolve you yourself as an individual. Okay. Okay. So, and this started because when I was making things, I saw people's lives improved. And I've always been into the occult and the esoteric and the supernatural. My mother's a psychic. Um, My dad's very gay side, though. And Uh my family knows exactly what I do. I I hide nothing. Um, I don't do anything illegal, and I really don't like involving children in what I do because right. um, what I, I really believe that children need to have a foundation in the, in the day side world and a really good anchor. Introducing the things like yoga and Reiki and Wicca right. and right. things that will get prepare them. But I really believe that vampirism as a practice that I do, Sturgavai, which is my variation on it, right. is an adult, an adult practice. I'm glad you said that. Yep. So, you know, if I ever bring a child into this world, I'm not going to say you're a vampire. I'm going to let them figure it out themselves by educating bringing the Buddhist temples, traveling with them, learning sure. about Shinto, um, martial arts. Martial arts is a great thing. Meditation, um, uh, you know, Reiki, energy work, uh, you know, expose them to everything. Give them a focused identity as an anchor but let them explore everything. I, I, I go to Buddhist temples all the time. Um, I'm really getting into meditation heavily to channel my energy. Um, the vampire has defined me and I've defined the vampire archetype in the world. And being uh, very central to the evolution of the vampire subculture, I've watched it evolve over the years. And from role-playing games to um, to energy work, to magic, to people who identify aesthetically, some people with philosophy, the scholars, the evolution of the myth. Um, I, I love this mythology, and I love the lifestyle, and I love how it's becoming tangible. So that is something that's really important to me, and it's, it, it's given me purpose. And I right. feel it's also my cause in this world. It's, it's my purpose in this world to help the vampire community um, find itself and be led properly, like, you know, setting up groups around the world and, you know, working through my clan. But I'm also very much about knowing I could rebuild if everything falls apart because I've done it several times. And that's, again, and that's key, you know, staying grounded uh, in reality. But I heard you mention, like you were saying about your mom, you know, dealing, you know, with aspects of, you know, being, you know, psychic. What your background from back then? Uh, what was your first introduction to this? Like, what? How did you first come across the very, you know, getting into this? As far as obviously, you didn't come from a religious background, I would gather. 
I came from a, a normal white kid playing soccer and football. Mm. I grew up in New Jersey and uh, spent some time in Dubai when I was a kid. And my family is, you know, uh, very much about self-reliance and radical self-independence. Like, my family believes that, you know, you don't get an inheritance um, because that money should go to a charity or you should use it while you're alive and you get an education and then you're free to go. <laughs> yeah. um, and I found that to be a really strong foundation for me, knowing that I have to make it in the world of my own. I might, yeah. My parents believe that it's very important to prepare me. They prepared me for it. So uh, money to me is something that is a tool. It's not my goal. Like I'm not out in the world to make money, you know, like right. some stockbrokers or, rich people or I'm not, I'm not into this because it makes me a living. I, I see the money as a, as a vehicle to be able to create my events and pay for my travel and um, eat food. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's not the priority for me, but it's a vehicle. Like you need a car to get from A to B and you need a reliable car so it doesn't break down. Of course. So, and I, and I also like living modestly because I'd rather invest in experiences than investing in material objects. And okay. like, for example, I lived for 14 years in Europe and that was incredibly wonderful experience. But my ultimate goal was always to return to the place of my birth, which is California, because uh -huh. right now we have one of the best magical communities in the world in LA. Right. You told me that. Yep. Okay. So let me, let me, uh, and uh, I have I have my co-host here, Raven Hecker. Raven Hecker, if you have anything also you want to ask Father Sebastian uh, before we take questions for him a little later, uh, feel free. Because I know you're here. I just want to make sure. Um, can you hear me clear? Uh, yes, I can. And, and greetings, uh, Father Sebastian. Um, greetings. I have, been, <laughs> I have been listening in and, and everything um, you're saying. I'm just sitting here like, all I can do is go wow, wow, and then wow again because it what you're saying so much resonates with what's in me and how I see and you know working on and, and trying to become great at or good at or adept at when applying magic. Um, but when you said something earlier, you kind of touched on it a little bit in the book and I understand that um, vampire magic comes from um, the sanguine um, the first one the first book sanguinomicon um, it's an homage yeah. it's an homage to the necronomicon I'm just like it just left me thank you so very much and um because I got that sense that it was really about even the learnings that I have so far it is about vampire work. It's about energy work. Um, it's about mastering and moving, utilizing energy. That, that is the perception that I've encountered is to be the most common. Um, however, there are an incredible diversity of opinions about different ways that vampirism is expressed because, you know, every, if you look at the vampire mythology throughout history, there, every culture has a vampire man, from China's hopping vampires to the Boban Sith fairy vampires of, of the Celtics to 
the ancient vampires of um, you know the Middle East and and Europe. But today we've developed a common mythology, which really was influenced uh, by Bram Stoker's Dracula, uh, and it started with Polidori in the you know 19 when he was writing the book The Vampire. Um, but the 19th century Victorian literature really defined the vampire archetype as we know today. And then I would say the second greatest influence is Anne Rice. And the third is uh, Vampire the Masquerade, the role-playing game, which influenced things like Blade and Underworld and True Blood and Twilight. So a lot of people today try to focus their practice of vampirism around that archetype, that modern version. And the vampire community has several tribes. And I'd like to take a second to talk about these what I call tribes. Most definitely. Interpretations of the So you first the first you have the basic three, the lifestyler, the sanguine, which is a blood blood drinker, and then the, the energy vampires, which is psychic vampirism. Now the lifestylers come in a whole variety of different types. Some some practice a variation of Levian Satanism or something like it, that instead of using the satanic archetype, they use the uh, vampire with a Y archetype, and it's and a lot of people have various interpretations of that. And some lifestylers are uh, just into the fashion and the aesthetic and dressing up on a Saturday night. There's a whole variety there, but that's mainly an aesthetic and philosophical and traditional and cultural thing. That's where you get vampire culture, music and art and stuff. The sanguines believe that they have the requirement to drink blood to be able to manage their physical and spiritual health to sate a hunger or a thirst. Then you have, and then there's like med sayings, which believe it's completely scientific. And then there's energy sayings, which believe that they need to drink the blood to be able to connect energetically. Um, then the third type is the psychic vampires, which is energy. And a lot of them believe that they have an energy deficiency, um, which is uh, they need to take life force or emotion to be able to uh, maintain their mental and physical and spiritual health. So that's where they learn how to feed. The living vampires are usually the magical ones. They're, they're, they usually practice magic. And, and that's the first organization to really practice vampire magic that I know of um, was in 1984 when the Temple of Set, a branch of the Church of Satan, uh, created the Order of the Vampire by Lilith Aquino, was the uh, magister of that order. When uh, um, Michael Aquino announced the orders at the, uh, at the Setian Conclave. Then um, Magister Nemo of the, temple, of the Church of Satan created a religion called the Temple of the Vampire, which is in a circle with Hekel Tiamat, which came out between, it was established in 1988 and went public in, 90, in 89. Um, that is where I gained a lot of my inspiration and practice because my first mentors were the only literature that was available publicly was the Vampire Bible by the Temple of the Vampire. And they're not really psychic vampires in the same way you might think, because they don't believe that there's an energy deficiency. They believe that what you're doing is preparing to defeat the second death and become an astral vampire um, and mastering the physical world. And they practice their vampirism as day side is very much similar to Levain Satanism as defined in the Anton Levain Satanic Bible. But here's the thing why they don't use the term satanic, uh, they don't use the word 
um, they use the word living vampire. Mm-hmm. And the living vampire is a magical practitioner that practices energy feeding on a, either a consensual or a predatory or whatever de- definition to personally evolve their ability to survive death. Mm. And that is a magical practice. So the TOV, I don't agree with everything they do, but I do believe at this time and since they were started, uh, they are a highly, a lot of people call them a pyramid scheme and all this stuff. Their teachings, if you read into them, they have a lot of meaning, but there's a lot of metaphor in there. And, you know, Nemo put into the books, you know, within facts and fancy lies truth and metaphor, discriminate with terror, which means read between the lines. Mm-hmm. And that organization has evolved significantly in the years that I've watched it. And I was involved with a coven that practices that practiced their teachings back in the early 90s. And I couldn't vibe with this the satanic element. Like I'm not a Satanist, but a lot of Satanists say I have a very similar to LeVay, Anton LaVey's perceptions. But instead of an archetype of a devil, I have the archetype of an empowering vampire as my inspiration and my archetype. So that's the magical vampires. Then you have the scholars who are the people that study vampirism and vampire, the psychology and myths and legends and stuff. And those are notable people like Catherine Ramsland and Roman T. McNally, who wrote The Search of Dracula. Um, you also have people that are um, uh, like Rosemary Ellen Guiley, who wrote the first book on vampire subculture, which is called Vampires Among Us. I believe that was 91 or 89. Um, she's working on a book project with me starting next year on my memoirs about the history of the vampire world. Then you have emo vamps, which Anton LaVey describes as psychic vampires, which are people that are parasitic emotionally. And let's not get into them because that's... Right. And then you have role players who are people that play Vampire the Masquerade, a really great mythology, a huge influence on the modern, since the 90s, on the vampire mythology. Um, And that that has a the vampire community that we know today really came from the inspiration of vampire the masquerade and that has clans like you'll hear words like clans and prince and king and all that stuff comes from the role-playing side of the vampire subculture but the the thing about larpers or vampire role players is that they're play, they know they're playing a game it's very much like a murder mystery or a medieval larp um then you have a whole variety of other interpretations of vampires, but those are the ones that I kind of uh, like to define it as to try to let the mundane world or the people, the layman kind of get an idea of what incredible diversity there is in the vampire subculture. Amazing. Um, Raymond, did you have anything else you wanted to ask? Well, um, well, I will say because this energy thing, because this that's what caught me um, in the book, because you touch on lightly how um, vampires or some, I'm going to just say um, with that, you know, education I just received there, 
some vampires are healers or <clears throat> can be healers um, because of the way that they can move energy. Mm-hmm. Right? The way they can... Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, any, any vampire who's energy sensitive to subtle energy into the, the night side spirit world that can see beyond the veil, um, any vampire, in my opinion, is truly psychic. Okay. Uh-huh. And psychics are, in my opinion, people who have the ability to have the sixth sense. Vampirism mm-hmm. through ritual and magic and energy work uh, can develop in a whole variety of ways. Um, you know, like the dark gift in Interview with the Vampire where Lestat can read minds and Louis can. Uh, every vampire has different uh, interpretations, but to be energy sensitive is something that psychic and living vampires do, um, which naturally lends to the ability to learn the practices of things like Reiki or learning how to, you know, you can use feeding to remove energy blocks. You can use feeding to heighten the senses. You know, when a living vampire feeds, they take in the energy and their subtle body gets more empowered because the physical body, which is the container, which we call the, you know, the, the double is the spirit body, the astral side where the chakras and auras and meridians exist and life force and blood. Um, on the other side, there's the physical side. And the ether is the connection between the two, the anchors, uh, which can be called pompous or many different things. But chi, prana, ki, um, mana are all the things that are right beyond the veil. And a human being is a combination of both sides. A vampire is someone who is aware of that and takes energy for their own benefit. So whether it's through blood or, or, or you know, through um, energy work uh, is really depending on the individual's preferences, tastes, talents, and skills. So healing, vampires can be healers. They don't necessarily embrace that. Okay. Okay, and um, I'm not sure if you, you know, have touched on um, anything about, you know, well, how do you go about um, selecting your prey? Um, Donors? Yeah. Well, first of all, like I explained before, you have three levels of feeding. Okay, three levels of intensity that have been defined in many places like Michelle Bellinger's Psychic Vampire Codex. Okay, the Temple of the Vampire has their own feeding techniques, and they were really the first one to define feeding. Um, and the um, basic levels that I work with are ambient, which is the energy that surrounds people, uh, like a cloud of energy around a group or, a, you know, when I go to a mall or an event, but that's the thinnest energy. And that's the most, it, it's like a vapor cloud around people, um, like an atmosphere. It's, it's radiated from the human body. Um, okay. Taking that as the first. You go to a dance floor and you take the energy and you feed off that. That's um, basically the first level, um, which is usually the most common. The second is surface, which can be done through touch or massage or at a distance. And that's energy that radiates above the skin, uh, the best way I can explain it, like an, uh, feeding from the upper layers of the aura, which are going to peel off any, anyway. So that's ethical. 
you can take those energies and not feel like you're penetrating someone. And then if you go deep on them and you take their energy deeply, you want to be very cautious on that because you can hurt someone, you can take uh-huh. too much. Um, and I, I find sanguine feeding to be extremely limited for me because I don't want to be dependent on one person and drain them. And you can create what's called a sympathetic vampire by feeding on someone too deeply and their energy levels go so down, they got to replenish them. And they become a, it's a temporary state of psychic vampirism. Right. And so what's important to be aware of is the distinction between a psychic vampire and a living vampire. Living vampires do it for their own evolution and it's their natural state. They don't, their hunger is based on evolution. Um, while a psychic vampire is based on an energy deficiency and these lines are being blurred. So the public only sees psychic vampires. And consensual, consensuality is something that I believe in. And I find very, that's something that I find I uphold very valuable uh, in, in great value because where consent comes is where you deep feed, which is an extremely intimate activity. And to me, sanguine feeding is only deep feeding. You can't do a surface feed with sanguine. <clears throat> so you create energy links. And you've got to be able to learn how to manage your health and your energy links, like learning how to dampen links, break links. Um, there's, you know, in uh, Vampire Magic, I talk about uh, the magical side. That's more advanced stuff. But if you read Sanguinamicon, it talks about the energy links and, and tendrils and connections. And it's a very complex subject, and it takes training and discipline to be able to master those things. Yep. Training and discipline. I love that you said that. <laughs> Training and <laughs> discipline because you don't hear that put together. Uh, well, I haven't. Um, when you hear other individuals speak about vampirism, it, it just to me, just on the subject alone, says this is nothing you play with. You know what I mean? Just even an idea of however you choose to feed, you have you, it's nothing to play with. You have to know exactly what it is that you're doing. Um, it's not a game. It's not a fashion. Um, you know, it's not something you do to seem cool or think you're a, a master at it, you know. So I really do appreciate you saying well, that. I think that you've got to look at the perspective that um, it's also really important to be aware that a lot of people just like the vampire archetype and they want to dress up and have fun, okay? It's or they fun. want to have community and, and, and they want to have... Um, uh, a something to connect with, and that's the vast majority of the vampire subculture. And there's nothing wrong with that. And a lot of the more magical vampires kind of get frustrated with that um, because they feel that it's mocking them or something. I don't. I don't see it like that. I met a lot of really cool people that love the vampire. I, I consider it a form of worship. Right, and I'm and. and... I'm glad, Father Sebastian, and this is this is the important thing. I'm, it's it's given a clear picture of the distinction of the approach, uh, and I'm glad you're you know you like you say you're you you this the person that just is attracted to it and you know and uses it for that purpose you just described. But I'm glad you're showing the different levels of this because you know it's it's even like Luciferianism. There's you know there's not one aspect of it that's practiced. And I think that's where some people get confused because they might practice a certain methodology, but because they're practicing in a certain way and somebody else's ideology may not line up exactly with it, that's where I think that 
you know, differential, you know, that separation comes in or, you know, people feel that their way is the only correct way type of thing. And, and that's why I'm glad you're touching on the different levels. And, you know, you explain the different methods of feeding, uh, you know, the energy, uh, the energy level and the different types. Um, when you mentioned the, the, the touch aspect, you, you do have a ritual in your book uh, with that. It's, it's kind of touching on the chakras, you know, with an individual uh, and absorbing that energy. I want to I want to take it a, if you know a couple quick things I want to try to get in before we take some questions for you. Um, uh, sex magic. How, how does that come in now and correlate the approach also as far as, you know, choosing the right individual, obviously. Um, but what's your take on that? And is that something that you incorporate consistently? Have you utilized that, you know, over the years frequently or, or are you very selective when you do that? Well, let's, let's differentiate between communion and feeding in the system that I present. Okay. Okay. Communion is an exchange of energy. Feeding is taking energy. Okay. Harvesting energy or gathering energy. I like the word gathering because I don't like the parasitic perspective. Okay. Um, so any contact that you make with someone creates energetic links. Okay. So if you, if I touch, if, and I do want to let you know that I have to go cause my battery's dying on my phone Okay. <laughs> in about five minutes. No problem. Right? So I'm sorry. Sorry that, uh, I just got a new iPhone and I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> no problem. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll try and, to get you back. Sure. I'd love to come back. One of the yeah. things that's important to be aware of is that a lot of energy sensitive vampires have very bizarre interactions with electronics. <laughs> and my, my batteries usually last about half as long as um, normal batteries. But you so, want to you, you know, Father Sebastian, you want to know what's the fucking crazy thing? You're in here, but you're not in that? here. I can't find you anywhere in here since you came in. You're not even, I don't even know how you're uh, in here. <laughs> we'll talk about that uh, another time. I can hear you, yeah. but you, you're not I here. Too. I saw that too. I saw it too. <laughs> oh my God. So I don't know what the, I don't know what well, the I don't see. <laughs> you're nowhere to be found. Why don't we plan a part two on this? No, we will. Okay, where we're able to have it second discussion where I can uh, field some questions that you might have definitely. from your audience. No, most definitely. Do we have any questions? I have maybe time for one question? Sure, let me yes, see if anybody... Go ahead. Go ahead, Raven Hecker. If you got it, go ahead. Somebody in. No. Hold on. Let me go, let me go over to this side here. All right, people, if... I know that was uh, kind of last minute. Anybody, anybody have any quick questions for Father Sebastian because his battery is dying? I see you all here listening, and I see you all commenting in the chat amongst each other, but quick before he loses his battery. We will get him back. Isn't Doom on the line? Isn't Doom on the line? Uh, let me see. Yeah, I could probably get him in real quick, and then maybe he can just answer his question real quick. Hold on one second. Uh, Brother Doom, are you there? I see Brother you. Doom, are you there? Can you hear me? I see you all commenting in the chat he's got an echo problem no that's not going to work all right let me go back to this Why don't side. we field a question in the chat room yeah that's all what right. i'm going to do and then hold on going over to the chat right now 
Oh my God, the chat disappeared on this end. Hold on, let me go over this side. Okay, people, we got we got over 40 people. Anybody have a question that they want to ask real quick? The chat room disappeared on the other side. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, this happens all the time for me. Yeah. <laughs> Hence the truck. Okay, go ahead. Mama Muerte got a question. Go ahead, Mama Muerte, quick before Father Sebastian uh, loses his phone. We'll take your question. Go ahead. I, I see you. Go ahead. Somebody's typing them. We got one coming through for you. I, I lost my whole. Hold on one okay, second. Mama Lamente, you have. Can you hear me? Go ahead, say it because I lost my chat yep. on this. Thing. Go ahead. All right. Um, to Father Sebastian, what would would be a key aspect of self one would notice to confirm vampirism should be something they should study or practice? Sure, it's something you can study or practice, but you have to have the potential for it. And a lot of vampires believe that you need to be born to it, while other vampires believe that it's something that you can, uh, you you can learn to do because everyone has the potential. They just have to be energy sensitive and have the will to do it. So uh, it depends on the group or tradition or or perspective. And you know, I don't believe that there's anything that's fake out there because your reality is your own thing. So, sure, you can learn how to do it. Because, uh, you know, just feeding is vampirism. I mean, you're taking energy for your own benefit from other people. But I believe in doing it ethically and, and safely and, and consensually when it's necessary. Okay. So... You know, there are, okay. there are practices, that, there's various practices that require uh, discipline and training and it's kind of like being a Jedi, yeah. <laughs> but a vampire. Okay. That that question just came up on my end late. Wow. And you got away before me. How did that happen? That's crazy. Never know, brother. Yeah. Well, like I said, I still don't see you in here. You're in here, but I don't see you in here. Well, I'll, 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 I'll well, I'm going to we lose you while, while you know, they're trying to figure out, figure out some things. But before we lose you, I would say that this is something I do. I, in a, in a, in a, well, if I can speak, I can be. Can, can you guys hear I guess I'm talking in the background. I think I'm starting. I think my battery is about to die. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll, so what we'll do is we'll get you back, Father Sebastian. We'll get that. Uh, so we I'd love get, to. Yeah, we'll definitely. Oh. I'll, I'll give you a call and we'll set that up. I look forward to that. All right, and I appreciate you. I know you had Disney. I know you had Disneyland and out traveling, but I appreciate appreciate you calling in. But we'll 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 set it. We'll get you back on, and we'll we'll be able to get you more questions over to you. Yep. Oh my God, a Mary Thank Poppins. Thank you. I'm gonna go feed off of her. <laughs> Uh, 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 right, good night, night everyone. Good All night. Right. All right, so we'll 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 keep it going here. Um, 
uh, like I said, he was at he's out traveling at uh, Disneyland in California, and uh, he had issues with that phone last time, and now he's got a new phone today. Uh, but we'll get him back. I'll go. We'll give him a call. We'll get him back. But what I would like to discuss while we're all here, um, uh, I wanted everybody to see and understand the different variations of it. So if like 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 father sebastian said if it's just an entertainment thing to you uh, that's fine but let's be clear on what perspective we're coming from now i mentioned earlier um luciferianism right you could you could apply that method uh to any system because there's not one particular way uh to practice it so we can't get caught up in that and I want to make that clear. And again, it affirms something I've been saying since day one. When you stay exclusive to one specific thing, it, trust me, you may not be conscious of it on the surface level, but what it does is it disconnects you from, from the vastness of all these different paths on the path of self-mastery, uh, et cetera. Now, you heard him mention Lilith Aquino, uh, the Temple of Set does have an order, the Order of the Vampire. Um, and there is some roots in that. Um, I think part of it, uh, when it comes to vampirism, people don't know their history because, mm -hmm. and one thing, as you see, if you've read Father uh, Sebastian's books, um, if you've heard him and you, you heard him talking tonight, when this uploads, people will be able to hear it. He's thorough on his history. And why is that important? Uh, it's a, that that again just doesn't apply to this path. That applies to having your knowledge and your history, because that's going to help identify what approach you're coming from. So what I'm trying to say is, when you're all over the place with shit, and or you're picking and choosing in the sense that you're not really clear, um, it kind of comes across, you know, improper. It can be gimmicky uh, because you're not exclusively identifying. Uh, with what particular aspect you connect with. Now, even the feeding, right? I want to talk about that real quick. I'm glad you were able to hear the different levels of feeling, okay? Uh, yeah, Lilith Aquino, that's Michael Aquino's wife. She is actually over the Order of Vampire uh, in the Temple of Set. Um, <clears throat> people, you know, throw the feeding thing around, and like you say, he takes it as something sacred. Now, I wanted to, and we'll get into that more in the next time we get them back on, uh, the intimacy of feeding with an individual via just either the touch or sexual activity. That's important because as we know, whether it's, it's physical ingestion because bodily fluids are being exchanged. And remember he said, every aspect of that is energy. But I hope there's one thing that everybody caught. Now, I think you would air, yeah, you would air Raven Heck when he was saying that. You got to be careful because it's a constant influx and exchange of energies. You can get sick. You can harm yourself. Exactly. Um, and that's why I had asked him earlier if people came up late, uh, you know, about selecting a proper target and feeding. You know, he said, in essence, everything, life force is an energy in general. But let me make this clear. Here's the important part. I'm saying all that to get to. I know a lot of people like to talk about just randomly going out in public and feeding, but see how he explained it. It's more, that's the lower level of feeding. That's just, he described it as like a white cloud. It's something temporary. That's the most common feeding aspect that most people 
we'll talk about, but that's just on the surface. And, and like I said, it's only temporary. It's not, it's not something that is, it's a, it's a long lasting effect and it can be very draining. That's what you hear most people talk about. But then he talked about a more personal internal type of energy feeding, all right? So we gotta be clear when we're saying this shit because it's not just, and I have, I've even talked about that, uh, tapping into it in public places, but being selective on when you do it, like looking for somebody that's quote unquote, you know, the most energetic per se, but being able to understand, you know, your cutoff point because also understanding that it can be very draining uh, on you and knowing how the proper way to recharge yourself. But that's just the surface shit, right? What's up, buddy? Okay, that's fine. So I want to I wanna make sure we all caught that and we're all clear on that because why I always say a lot of sometimes, and it's, 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 it's not just this topic, it's a lot of topics on the left-hand path or a lot of systems on the left-hand path. Uh, and this is just my opinion. And I, I guess it's because where I'm at, uh, call it what it is. I just think a lot of it is gimmicky. And that's why last night when I did the show, I was using the, the foundation aspect of being ground. And you heard Father Sebastian saying how, you know, his approach to money and, and how he's still grounded in reality. Okay. Um, he didn't necessarily say money's, it's not that money's not a necessity. He basically say it's a tool and a vehicle to use to accomplish what you need to accomplish. Because let's keep it real. We live in the real world. Try to try to pay try to pay your mortgage and your bills off of uh, you know being a vampire, just saying it and studying it, and that's just not going to do it. Like he says, it's a business to him too, because he does run. If you are not aware, if you haven't seen his his uh, profile and his pages, he does uh, vampire events all over the world, not just in the United States. Uh, and like when I actually called him on Friday. He was out at a club the night before. He actually goes to, does uh, rituals at nightclubs, uh, has vampire group outings at nightclubs to do rituals and feedings. Uh, I'm just saying that's the level that he is on and that's, that's, that's the methodology he works it. So, you know, this is, <laughs> this has in intricate levels, all right? And we gotta be, we gotta be, and, and then remember, he also described uh, a person who's just, and unfortunately, I think we have a lot of those people who are just fascinated with the vampire culture and they just really study it. They read about it. They know about it. Right. And then he mentioned the day side and the night side vampire. Right. Which we know the difference between the day side and the night side. Right. Some people are really day side or the living vampire he described is your day side vampire who's in it for more spirituality, magic. Uh, that's where a lot of the magical techniques come in. Uh, then you have the night sider who might be more intent is dealing with the feeding, connecting with the energy and the blood. But then you have one such as himself or some of us who consider a mesh uh, between both. You understand? So we have to be clear on approach. We have to be clear on the approach. But I want to make this clear before. And remember, he like he said, he, he mentions clear in there. You know, if done incorrectly i mean he, he he literally goes into detail in the book how it can create mental and emotional imbalances if you don't know what you're doing and i want to point that out all right that's important if you ain't got your regular shit together 
All right. So we got to be careful of how it's thrown around or, or how or the approach, because, you know, hold on. I just lost everything up here. OK, there we go. Um, be clear on the approach. But again, the principle of sound mind, sound body will once again applies and, and we can't lose sight of that. Um, I don't know if there's anything you want to add, Raven Hecker, but go ahead. Oh, no, I lost connection myself for a minute there. Did you? Um, okay. Mm-hmm. And the bugged out shit, I don't even know how the hell he got in the damn room because I ain't trying to sound spooky and shit, but I couldn't find his ass. No, uh, when I joined, I didn't see him either. I couldn't find him nowhere. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but look, we have to, again, in, even in the book, and we went over that last week, I'm not going to get into it again, but the agreement, right? When you read the elements of vampire magic that we went over last week, the agreement section, okay? That's not an agreement with something external or, or something spooky. And we didn't even get a chance to touch on the vampire being at the, you know, the, the core and the center of the foundation, because that's one thing that's strong on this path. Um, you know, you don't worship or acknowledge anything outside of yourself. That's that's key. Right. That's key. you must understand that. Uh, I think what's getting lost lost in translation when he when he breaks down the agreement section in the book. That's an agreement with yourself. Okay, we got to be clear on that. And the agreement is your your in your mind you've established a clear cut approach, right? Now, if you if you haven't seen his pages, he was talking like he like I say he used the term Fang Smith. He actually and makes them, but they're given via a ritualistic process. And there's a whole science behind that. I don't know if anybody had a chance to check that out. And again, I'm presenting this to show you again my my whole objective of doing this. And I know a lot of us are familiar with Father Sebastian's books, but I want people to see. I mean, me. Let me establish my my position on this first, real quick. I practice it to certain levels. And am I at, do I go to the extreme to the levels of like Fang Smith level? Absolutely not. So I want to make that clear. Um, you know, he again, as he established the three different levels of vampire, I would be considered, if you ask me how would I put myself in the equation, I would be, you know, somebody on a spiritual level who harmonizes between the day side and the night side. Um, it is, uh, uh, you know, one of my core areas of interest, but that's the level that I go into. I'm not really into a lot of the physical elements of it, more of the mental and the spiritual. Uh, I have really no interest in participating in, you know, the the look, you know, the attire in some of those, you know, communities and how they're physically. The blood feeding. Yeah, I just have no desire for that. So I want to make it clear. I'm more, and he mentioned in Middle East and, and Northeast Africa. As you know, I, I prefer to deal with the ancient Egyptian aspect of vampirism. Uh, that's my approach. That's just me. So I want to make that clear. So when you hear me building on this, that's going to have a large perspective in what I'm teaching about. Um, so Father Sebastian, as you saw, is obviously a little bit more diverse in, in different areas with it because that's pretty much his, his main uh, area of interest. So I want to make that clear. I'm coming more from the, as he said, and, and in my conversation with him, 
uh, on the phone uh, several days ago. Um, he's more into the magical, the spiritual, and the transformative aspects. Of I want you guys to ask him about that, you know, because in essence, just like any other path uh, on this left-hand path, path to self-mastery, if you don't have an, a goal, and if your goal isn't centered around in some shape, for, shape, form, or fashion of transformation, growth, and change, then I would have to, you'd have to ask yourself, what what is your point? You know, why why are you doing this? Now, unless you're establishing that you're just in it for the entertainment purposes, but then be clear on that, because there is that part of it. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, if you got something in the jack, man, you know you're here. So, but um, yeah. So there's le there's levels to this shit, people. Just like anything else, uh, there's levels to Luciferianism, right? There's levels to working. Now, again, remember the the uh, Saguenomicon, which, as you said, is a playoff of the Necronomicon, right? And which which you know what that deals with. If you've read his his book, and there's a lot of rituals in that book. Um, if you've read that, you will see. Uh, the one ritual that I mentioned, I would like him to elaborate on that when he comes back. There is a ritual in there, and uh, if if you guys have not read it in the book, I suggest you go in there, take a look at it. It's actually a ritual where two people, uh, preferably male, female, not mandatory, but uh, two people face each other, and they're absorbing energies from each individual's chakras. That was that deep feeding, uh, energy feeding that he was talking about. Now, why he was mentioning, and, and again, I would like him to elaborate more on this, why you got to be very cautious of that, because are you, you know, you conscious and aware of this individual that's in front of you? Now, sex magic is a whole different thing, because that's taking it now to a whole another level of uh, exchanging en energy. Uh, um, through the oral, there's, there's many bodily fluids exchanged via saliva, semen, sperm, whatever you want to call it, uh, all of that, you're dealing with energies on a, on a liquid level, you're dealing with energies on a spirit, all being ingested and assimilated uh, through your DNA, all right? Um, and that's something you got to, you know, ask yourself and look at the individual. Is this a person that you want to, you know, really do that with? Um, and if you can answer uh, unfoundedly yes to all those questions, uh, then, you know, so be it. You know, but it's critical when I said the knowledge and the history of the of this of the uh, path. Um, as you as I said before, if you do the research and as some as you did, you'll know he's one of the pioneers. Uh, you know, in the vampiric uh, community, um, he's been around for a while since the early '90s, um, and it's good to hear him give not not mundane history, not dates, times, just dates, times, and places. I'm talking about history of the evolution of this particular path, and it's showing you the different methods. Um, and that's why, again, I, I compare it to Luciferianism in the sense that there's many different approaches to this. So, like, even for an example, if we look at uh, the Ascetian uh, Bible, right, and the order of Asetka, right, that is coming more from a heavily info uh, Egyptian aspect of it. And that's something probably I connect with more um, personally. Um, then you have kind of uh, Michael W. Ford and Second of Pep, where he's kind of combining both 
um, because obviously you can tell that's his background and his influence. Uh, you, we got to know this and our approach, because when, when somebody just says to me, oh, I practice vampirism, you know, I got to dig a little or delve a little further. Uh, there's the there's the ritual of the dragon goddess in there, which I mentioned last week, uh, which is a sex magic ritual that's intense. Um, as he would describe another deep feeding, uh, you know, aspect of methodology. Uh, so these are all different things we need. And, and again, I'll, I'll, let me say this. There's people that read and then there's people that study. And let me explain to you the difference. People that read just, just rehearse, memorize shit, and they regurgitate it. People that study, they actually absorb the information and they're able to put it into practice. There's a difference. I've found on this path, we have a lot of readers, right? Not just this path. In any quote unquote conscious circle, there's a lot of readers. Uh, a lot of readers through, and people that just listen to other people say they don't put anything into practice. Exactly. We got a lot of that shit going on. We got a lot of people picking up books. They get all amped up because they read something on a topic, you know, and now all of a sudden you can't tell them shit. They're masters and they know everything. Um, we got to be diligent studiers, people. We got to be able to take information and apply it. Because I find in myself, this is just me, myself, and as I get older, I kind of got to separate myself from individuals like that. Because as you get older, you just your tolerance level for bullshit kind of starts to disappear um, and you just don't want to be bothered. Um, and that's probably one of the main reasons why, obviously, I left all those conscious circles back in the day, because I just saw it as a bunch of people reading books and sounding heavy and sounding deep. And just talking a bunch of shit to make themselves look good. I mean, we still got that going on uh, in this path. You do have, I mean, you're going to find that anywhere you go. Um, but the point of the matter is the difference with us who claim to be on these paths, we're supposed to apply the information on a daily basis, right? It's not just something to do when it's convenient for you. It's not something to do periodic times. It's something that you're supposed to be living uh, on a daily basis. Um, that's something we need to ask our questions. And again, when, what I was going over the other night was to kind of make people see and, 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 and ask themselves, where do they place themselves in the equation? <laughs> and one good way, one good way to do that, you know, ask yourself this, you, you, again, you could be on this path for six months. You could be on this path for a year, two years, five years, 10 years. If you can't look back and see any tremendous growth over a year or two or three year period or whatever, or shorter, something's not right. And you gotta ask yourself, maybe your approach is out of whack. Maybe, maybe how your methodology and how you're trying to uh, you know, deal with it or approach it is just not correct. Because can see, I say something on that? Can I hmm? say something on that? Not to cut y'all, but can I say something? Because this this lends to um, this has this lends to my whole deal from the very beginning, from the very beginning since you know I was going to your classes and you know my brother Jason was like eh, enough of this, we need to start doing some work, you know, and we started doing the work and it has always felt that um, people and this is not I you know I I'm not a I'm not a groupie I don't do groups. Tactile. I really don't. I don't do. I don't do groups. I don't like 
trying to fit to someone's mold or fit in a group just to be like, yeah. So I never did these here little conscious communities. You know, I ain't never walked around here with dashikis and my hair twirled up in some kind of scarf ribbon. You know, I never had the, I never had the whole outfit, right? So it always came that churchy to me when people would come to these rituals. But for me, it was serious work because it always felt like you was doing fucking work. It felt like, um, you know, something you will uncover something about yourself and you you work on it and then I'll be damned. Here comes some new shit that you got to work on. But it's work. I never, and it, 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 I think for the last two years, two years, it's been two years, right? It's just yeah. been like, it's been like work, 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 work. Even the last ritual. And I just want to say this and, I, and I'll be quiet. The last ritual. And I think I said it to you that I knew I had some work to do. I chilled for a moment to formulate, trying to formulate what it is, how it's going to tackle my next right. Sonya, right? And it just hit me. You know what I mean? I was going through my box of candles. Bam. It came to me. I instantly knew what I needed to do to work on myself. So it's constant work. And, I, you know, maybe it's just me. Maybe some people, you know, don't need to do anything. Maybe they just got all their shit together. You know what I mean? Maybe <laughs> maybe it is like what Father Sebastian saying that they are costumers. You know what I mean? They just like the wood wardrobe, but that's all they like to do. But if that's all you like to do, just wear the wardrobe, just wear it. But don't teach people, don't talk to people, don't regurgitate shit because what you then therefore create is more confusion. Because yep. because you're not putting something into practice, how can you speak on it? Because you have no knowledge of it. Exactly. You know of it, but you don't have no knowledge, no knowledge, no wisdom. So how can you speak on something? And that has always kind of been my big angst when people would come to the rituals and it's like a it's a game. This it's not a fucking game. This, right. These are life changing events. And if you did do some work in that ritual, if you did came there to play and some work did actually go down. You felt that later, and you have now disappeared because you came there with the design of playing church. Uh-huh. No, and, and 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 the point you make is valid because you know the key the key is this. Look, <laughs> like you say, you create more confusion. I've said this a million times. On this path, I don't care what it is. It could be Luciferianism. It could be uh, uh, Egyptian left-hand path, Heka. It could be necromancy, vampirism. You will have to demonstrate, show, and prove one that you are, you say you are. Because when you walk in these inner circles, let me make this clear. I keep telling people this, okay? There's a lot of people that are very private. A lot of, and I'm telling you this from experience, and I ain't telling you to take my word for it because I know you will have your experience. There is a lot of prominent people, right? And I want to make sure I relay this without without making it or coming off as being spooky. I don't want nobody to interpret it spooky. There's a lot of people that are very low key. They're very prominent, very powerful people, and they take this shit serious. And my point being is we need to, just like anything, we need to be cautious of what we say and do because you can sit there and say, oh, you, you know, uh, I'm this and I'm that, and you know I don't give a fuck. Right, yeah, cool. 
But I guarantee you, the more you talk and the more you're spreading <laughs> your bullshit, you know, you will be tested and have to show and prove your magical ability when you walk in some of these inner circles. Okay, this is not like, let me make this clear. This is not like uh, any of these esoterical orders where you pay your membership fee and you get your, you get your membership card and you're in the club. No, you, you, you are tried and proven worthy. I want to make this clear. Now, I say that to say because Raven Hecker was mentioned in the rituals, right? So let me get to that real quick. And a lot of the stuff she was talking about uh, was when, when we first started out, uh, not so much in this last year or so, uh, probably the first year because we were attracting a lot of nutheads. Um, and as I've, you've heard me mention over the months, that's why we kind of changed the approach and the format of how we do these rituals by invite to avoid that. And we've been we've been very successful in doing that because, you know, the work has intensified. It's more it's more internal. I know there's some of you here that have been at the rituals like Mama Morte, uh, Myra, yeah. I know people here, uh, obviously Raven Hecker, myself, Brother Jack, Seth Atten, uh, there's you know, um, AP. Uh, I know you guys come frequently. Yeah, Tanisha. Tanisha, she's in here too. So you know what I'm talking about. You you know, and, and I'm bringing that up because you heard Father Sebastian saying he's about getting together and doing ritualistic work. With, with and, and one thing he's, he doesn't do, and we'll make this clear, he didn't talk about it, but I'm bringing it up. He doesn't do the coven thing, and he'll explain why. He's not into that coven thing, all right? But I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold that and reserve that for him when he comes back on. He'll explain why. Um, so I'll leave that for when we get him back on. Um, but he's more, I, I say that with the rituals and the spiritual work, because what we are doing now has become more intensified. And let me stress this, and I, I talked with Raven Hecker this morning about this. Uh, this ritual we're getting ready to do at the end of the month. She, and <laughs> she can give you a general idea of what we discussed. This is going to be something that's going to put it, put it, put it like this. It's along the lines of being tested uh showing improving and demonstrating I want to go through it that's how good it I want to go through it. I want to do it <laughs> if, if you know you 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 claim your dark side you're going to find out if you're really dark side all right because the work we do and this is our approach and like Father Sebastian says everybody has their own approach our approach is we don't want well, I'm not interested in dealing with the gimmicky ass people I'm not interested in dealing with the people that are more interested in you know, focused on, they're more focused on and concentrated on, you know, projecting a certain image to people, right? And that's all they're focused on, really. And then there's people that get sucked into it. We're not interested in that. We're interested in everybody having their own unique personal experience, even though we're doing it in a group setting, have their own unique experience. And then they can take that and apply it to their personal work and continue it. It doesn't just stay there if you understand the work that we've been doing the last year and some change it doesn't just stay there this is something you can take now individually and and build upon it and do whatever it is you decide that you want to do with it but i'm not this is just me i'm speaking for myself i don't give a fuck you know it's who likes it who don't i'm not interested in dealing with phony ass people i'm not interested in dealing with fake people i'm not interested in dealing with people that talk about shit they ain't never gonna do if my thing is and my motto even before being on this path, if if I'm not going to do something, I just don't talk about it. I can't stand somebody that talks about shit and they, and they don't do anything that they that they talk about. 
That right. tells you a lot about that person. That tells you a lot about that well, person. If someone does. sits up under somebody like that, then what does that say about you? Right. Well, it tells you again, the more interested in the image you're projecting. You see a lot of this over the years. I experienced a lot of it over the years. All right. Um, unfortunately, a lot of it still goes on in these conscious circles, quote unquote. But what that what that does is it's 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 a methodology used to captivate people's emotions. That's all it is. And people get sucked into it and they fall for it. Then there's people like us on this path. We're not interested in that no more. My thing is, like I say, you know, hey, we, we all know that saying talk is cheap and all that all that shit. You know, I give you a moment, I'll give you a moment to deliver, but if you're not coming through on, you know, on shit that you're saying, it's just like now I gotta well, what's your motive? And that's why I was mentioning a few minutes ago, I think more people secretly have a personal agenda and they're more interested in projecting a certain image they want people to see them as. And that's all that event. That's where the ego can be destructive. The ego can be a great thing, but the ego, because the ego protects us, the ego actually, you know, gives us a lot of wisdom and perspective because shit, your ego is what keeps you motivated, but your ego can be self-destructive. Now that segment And I had my lesson on that yesterday. Thank you for talking about the ego. Mm -hmm. I had my yeah. lesson on that yesterday. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so and, thank you for talking about that. Yeah. And the class I'm going to do Tuesday or the video, whatever the fuck you want to call it, uh, is going to be on the Sith path of inner destruction. And it's going to deal with two levels of it. Right. Okay, but wait a second before you go into the the two the two the, the path. Okay, I just want to say this here because um this lends to I believe you said this when we was talking about the ritual um and this is what Oni said people love to talk and never try to solve a damn thing. Okay. <laughs> That's true. That people right. do a lot of talking but they don't have no solutions. But that was just to my point was that I did a ritual. I was presented an issue, a problem area in my life, and I had to come up with the solution. I didn't look outside of myself for the solution. I didn't read a book. I didn't ask Brother Beniti. I didn't ask my mom. I didn't go outside of myself to try to figure out what I needed to do to fix me because, in essence, it's already in me to fix me. Right, right. Um, and let me say this real quick, and then we'll go to the phones. I'll give people the phone number if you want to call in. Uh, I believe we have a couple people online. I'll plug you guys in in a minute. I'll see who's uh, on the talk show. I know you can, you can monitor that, too. I'll go back over that. Uh, so I didn't forget, if you're here, to, if you want to call in, um, you know, feel, feel free to do that. Let me get you that call-in information. Just want to make sure we got that shit right. All right, so the call-in number is one 605 five six two zero four 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 it's going to ask you for the id which is one three four seven seven eight pound and then it's just going to ask you for the pin the pin is just the number one and the pound symbol all right so we give that to you guys again if you want to call and if you're listening on youtube and you want to call in and speak to myself or speak to raven hacker and if you're just tuning in late follow oh, okay, speak to me you ain't got nothing to talk about what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. See, that's the shit we got to stop, too. That's the shit we got to stop, too. You females need to start stepping the fuck up. Die shit. Anyway, um, 
Yeah, I just lost my train of thought. But uh, anyway. I'm sorry, I do that. I do that. That's that power. Yeah, that's that power in my ass. That's that power <laughs> you. That's what that shit is. <laughs> um, yeah, you can call in, as I said before I got interrupted. Uh, you can call in and uh, ask your question, talk to us. Uh, but I, oh, that's what I was saying. If you came in late, Father Sebastian, uh, had to leave because his uh, phone battery was dying out and he is currently right now at Disneyland out in LA, California. Uh, but as you heard him before he left and in my conversations with him, he, he definitely wants to periodically come on when he can, but we'll get him back. He said he will come back. That's uh, awesome. And yeah, and we will uh, do a part two to this. So if you didn't get a chance to get any questions through, we'll, we'll definitely address that. But again, the number is 605. 562-0444. Uh, the call ID is 134778-POUND. And the pin is the number one. And the pound symbol, people, call in and participate. I keep, t stop, stop this staying behind the scenes shit. You know, uh, look, I'm gonna keep it real with you guys because I gotta, I gotta keep it real with the energy that I feel. You motherfuckers gotta stop hiding behind a keyboard and let your voices be heard. You know, you ain't got to, if you ain't got a question, call in. I mean, look, I don't want a long drawn out story. You know, we got a lot of Martin Luther King motherfuckers. I had a dream and, you know, in the dream, I was Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I, that shit you can save for another time. But if you got something you want to add to the topic, let your voice be heard. You don't necessarily have to call in if you don't got a specific question. But the objective of, because I know feeding it on both platforms, everybody's comfortable with YouTube. They like to stay in the YouTube room. And hide behind the keyboard. Uh, but, people don't make phone calls no more. People don't make phone calls. No you, so everybody also, take a tag. They take a tag. But remember, you can go to the TalkShoe site and sign in on the internet, and it gives you again. Let me say that too. If you if you go to the TalkShoe link that I sent out, matter of fact, uh, maybe we could put it into the. Uh, hold on. Maybe you could put it into the uh, chat room there, Raven. I'm talking to Jet right now. One moment. Jack, I see Jack. I see you, Jack. <laughs> he called him, call him Shadow. Wait a second. Yo, that's yeah. your new name, Jack Diesel. Jack Diesel. No, because he put in that Shadow Keyboard Warriors. That's what he. Put yeah, in. no, I saw it. I saw it. That's Jack. Jack, right now, he's he's somewhere in fucking Tennessee at a midget strip club and shit. <laughs> Little midget strip shit, three foot six. Let me stop. But um, yeah. Um, so before I go to the phones, what I wanted to talk about uh, real quick, that's what Tuesday night show. And again, as I said last week, we're going to be focusing on various different aspects of Sith philosophy, Sith, Sith spiritual practice, Sith dogma, um, and most definitely leading up, not just for even if you're not coming to the ritual, but it's going to help a lot of people that are attending the ritual uh, at the end of the month. Um, and I want to make that clear to finish off with that, before, you know, so we don't get sidetracked. Um, that's what the purpose of the work is. A lot of these things that we're covering in these uh, next upcoming couple of videos leading up to the end of the month, if you are coming, pay close attention. It'll help you. That's the best thing I can tell you. It's the only help you're going to get. So if you are coming to the ritual, I hope you're paying attention to them classes. I'm trying to give you stuff. I'm trying to give you stuff in there. If you do retain it, it'll help you when you actually uh, go through the ritual or the work itself. All right. So what we are going to do now is let's see if we got anybody. Uh, I see 
Uh, I'll go back over the chat here, see if there's any questions here. But let's go over to um, see if we got we got a couple people. Uh, let me just check the list to see. Uh, I'm gonna try Brother Duma again, but goddamn, I hope he ain't got that echo shit going on. <laughs> let's try Brother Duma. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, man. I tried to plug you in earlier when Father Sebastian was on, brother, but that damn echo shit was back hardcore. Oh. Yeah, that shit, um, like, that shit sound like you was in a vortex or a black hole. Oh, <laughs> it probably was the headphones I had or something. I don't know. I'm yeah, still trying to figure that, it out myself. You, you, you <laughs> had that problem last week. It was the same thing. Yeah. But anyway, what you got for us, brother? Um, I've enjoyed the show uh, so far. It's been uh, pretty good. And, and he answered a, a lot of uh, basic questions. I do need to go back to that uh, Sanguinomicon book uh, that he was talking about, since that was the, he said that was the foundation work um, for the uh, Vampire Magic book. Um, right, and, and let me add this real quick. I know he touched on a little bit, but in my private conversations with him, he made it clear that he's actually got to update those books. And you heard him say, it, he, he touched uh -huh. on it real quick tonight. That's it. That's the foundation. But he 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 explained to me a lot of things have changed mm. since then. It doesn't mean there's a lot of still. And I didn't know this until actually talking to him. I, I wouldn't have known that if he didn't tell me that. Um, but keep that in mind. You know, there there he he actually plans on going back and updating some of that stuff. Um, so keep keep that in mind. That's important uh, to understand. But go ahead and finish. And then I, I got what I'm gonna do. I got a question for you. I would like to ask. But go ahead. Okay. Um, I was uh, the question I was going to ask him was, uh, you know, his collaboration with certain writers like uh, Michael W. Ford, and how right. their uh, uh, philosophies uh, collaborate. And because uh, I know he did the forward to uh, correct this uh, vampire magic book, so I just wanted that's one of the questions I was going to ask him. But I'll, sure. I'll save that for the yeah. next time. Yep. Mm -hmm. No, that's a good point. And, and actually, I'm discussing, not to let the cat out the bag, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get Michael W. Ford on the show. Uh, they, do, they do have a, a connection. Um, you heard him mention the Temple of Set, and I'm, I'm going to just say this real brief and discreet. I don't like to talk about in-depth mind involvement <laughs> Actually, and I'll just throw this out there briefly and not not Raven Hecker to her, uh, her involvement in it. I don't I don't get into it openly. That's just my choice. I just think certain things need to be private. Um, I bring that up because he says, you know, he feels the same way about certain things. But I'm only put point. Why am I pointing that out there? Because you brought up the thing with Michael W. Ford. What a lot of people don't really, really understand, too, about Michael W. Ford, he had. One at one time also been a member of the temple. You're gonna you're gonna find a lot of people, uh, whether they're not in there anymore, uh, had some or still have some connection with it. They may not be, you know, full fledged members, but they still have a foundation. Now you heard him mention. I'm saying that to say because you heard him mention the order, the OV as they call it in the temple set order of vampire. Mm -hmm. um, and he is always considered Lilith Aquino one of the pioneers. He's always considered, uh, you know, her one of the, you know, founders, because uh, that goes back uh, even before the 90s, 80s. You probably take that back to the late 70s. Um, 
and that's why I'm glad, you know, and it's a good question you bring up because understanding the history in that aspect helps you to understand the approach is what I'm trying to get at. That That's important, but that would be a good question to ask. Uh, I guess obviously he would have to, um, you know, elaborate on that. But what else you got for us? Yeah. Um, uh, the other thing uh, was about, uh, I know he was talking about, uh, in some essence, uh, it's good to be trained uh, in the, the workings of uh, uh, vampire energy work and things of that nature. Um, so I, I was, my question was, was going to be, um, what was his, his, was there a certain uh, vehicle to uh, to get that training or, or is it something that you just have to do uh, yourself? No, 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 excellent question. That's a really good question. Um, and from, and again, uh, when he comes, ask him that, but I can tell you um, from what he elaborated on, now that's what certain orders are for. You can, obviously there's information that exists out there. Um, you know, in books and information that shows you some of the techniques and the practices. Um, but as you heard him, he mentioned the TOV. And the TOV is the Temple of Vampire. That's probably one of the most well-known uh, orders of vampirism. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of those uh, orders are set up and structured for those practices, not not a coven. And, he, and I want him to explain the difference. But right. I want I want you to hear from him. There's a difference. Let's make that clear. Let's make that crystal clear. There's a difference between an order and a coven, and he'll explain that. And he he stressed to me on our phone conversation on Friday that he doesn't do the coven thing, and he'll explain why. Um, but yes, there's there's various forms. Yes, you can do some of it self on your own, um, just like anything you can do on your own uh, by mm -hmm. all means. Uh, but let's just say you wanted to take it to another level. Um, that's what some of the orders are for. Is it necessary? Absolutely not. Um, right. In his books, he shows you the techniques. Uh, so I, I would think, uh, and I'll say think, I'm sorry, I was watching my team. They just won in overtime. You know, <laughs> you know me, I'm multitasking as I'm doing yeah. this. I got like five things going on in this motherfucker right now. But um, yeah, what he, what he makes clear is, um, look, no, what I was saying was you can do anything on your own on this path. Just like when I, you hear me talking about Aoife, you hear me talk about Santeria. Now, when it comes to certain levels of ritualistic work, like for an example, Paolo, right? Uh -huh. I make, I'm using this to kind of to, to hone in on your question. Right. Uh, or even like Bokor Rodney Coleman said when he was on the show, uh, like he said, to work with uh, voodoo, you do not need to be initiated if you're connected with the energy. And that's why I was asking the questions and Raven Hecker was asking the questions or the approach, the techniques. But I want to point out something Bokor Rodney Coleman say, and then I want to point out something in my experience through Apollo. When it gets to a level of where blood sacrifice is required, let's say, or say you're going the route of blood ingestion in vampirism, if that's the route you choose, I would recommend you get with somebody experienced. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. When you're going... When you go on that level of feeding, that would you look, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Let me keep it real with you. One, I'm not saying you, I'm speaking in general now. Mm -hmm. You can do whatever the fuck you want because I couldn't give a shit what people do or don't do. That shit is irrelevant. But what I'm saying is when you get to certain levels, depending, 
and again, I'll use Volcor Rodney Coleman as an example, then you need in that aspect, for an example, somebody that specializes in being initiated in the cutting of the knife, where they, they know the proper way to sacrifice animals, et cetera. If you don't know that, you'd be a fool to set out and do it without getting some guidance and then doing it on your own. Yeah. Um, if you were going to be that type of vampire with the feeding aspects and the techniques and say you wanted to literally deal with the blood as an elemental, uh, you know, there's intricate levels to that. I wouldn't suggest you just, you know, he talked about, let's be real, diseases. He, I, well, I forgot the disease he mentioned, but that's not even counting other diseases. I mean, we know diseases are transferred and passed through blood. So I'm just saying all this to say, let's make sure we don't lose sight of basic common sense. But I think the spiritual techniques, I think a lot of that you can teach yourself with diligent study and practice. And that's more of the path that I work with it. I'm more with the, the astral travel, meditation, the rituals, um, magical, you know, incorporating black magic. He mentions that incorporating black magical techniques and practices in vampiric work, um, mm -hmm. and spiritual and energy feeding. That's 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 where I go with it. Um, I'm not into all the other stuff. I'm not knocking it. If you're into the fang, he he's a fangsmith. That's what he, that's one of his things he does. If right. you're into some of the more entertainment side of it, that's your business. I you know, but that's just not my interest. Not what I do. You know. And I see you. Just to give a heads up, I see uh, Rapport. You'll be next. I see uh, Mama La Muerte, Sister Mandy. I see you in the queue. We're gonna get to you. I just want to acknowledge. So be ready. Uh, but rap report, your rap port, if I'm saying it right, rap port, you would be next on the queue. But brother Doom, I got a question for you, brother. Okay. First of all, thanks for uh, sending the piece, and I will I will wear that Tuesday so people can see your work. Okay. Um, oh, I already done peeped it, and I'm already yeah. jealous. I'm all gonna say that I'm already jealous. I don't have yeah, no love. Feel free to send your jewelry, and I wear it for free. <laughs> okay. Um, no, nah, but good work. I'll, I'll let people see your work. I gotta, I gotta charge it and consecrate. As you know, I don't wear anything until I, you know. Most definitely. That's why I didn't do anything. No, no, no. That's no. I got it on my altar right now. I keep it on my altar for 24 hours, and then I'll do some ritualistic work with it, and then I, then I wear it. I do that with any amulet or talisman that I get. Yep, um, yep. Well, let me say this. And since we're on this topic, can I ask you if you'd like to share what would you say right now? Uh, what do you or do you practice vampirism on some levels? Do you utilize it in any of your work? Uh, and if so, how would you quote unquote briefly? How would you identify your connection with it? That's the question I want to pose. Um, well, yes, I do. On a uh, neophyte level. OK. Um, I work at a gym. Um, I fix gym equipment for a living. So I have a lot of time to see people when they work out. Um, and I do what would be considered uh, surface feeding every once in a while. Um, if a particular person is really amped up, I'll, uh, you know, uh, draw energy that way, depending okay. on uh, my mood and level of work I'm doing. Um, so yeah, it's just at the surface level right now. It's not anything. Okay. Um, All right. Very deep. Okay, cool. Cause like I say, I'm interested in getting to, that's how I deal with people. I, I like to, you know, I don't just want to talk about the shit. That's why I want people to call in so they can share 
their perspective and their personal experience. All right, so at least you were straight to the point. Like you say, you're at the neophyte level. You you explain uh, some aspects that, that you utilize. Um, all right, that's cool. That's that's kind of answers my question. Cool. Yeah, anything else? That is it. All right, brother. We appreciate it, and I know we'll probably talk to you soon. Most definitely. Thank you for for having me on. Nah, Keep up no the problem. good job. Appreciate it. All right, let's go to, let's see if we can get this person in. Rapport, you are on the call. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? Yes, hear you crystal clear. How are you doing tonight? Well, first of all, uh, I don't seem want to seem nitpicky, but the proper pronunciation is rapport. Oh, and that's okay. That is important okay. to me because uh, I feel that the way we express ourselves says a lot, and mm -hmm. I uh, take a great deal of meaning uh, from the word uh, rapport. Okay. okay. So rapport. okay now. Okay. okay. Now that now that I've done picking nits. No, it's all right. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. I. Uh, well, a little bit of background here. Uh. Uh, try to try to cut things short. No uh, I'm nearly seven. I'm nearly seventy years old, and I have uh, done. And and I heard you talking about uh, academic uh, input and mm -hmm. uh, how we compile you know, information. Uh, a lot of times, uh, never use it. Mostly, right. mostly for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. um, and I have. Uh, Dabbled a little bit, and uh, mm -hmm. what I what what I have in 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 the the esoteric arts, esoteric okay. being uh, not not necessarily the definition of being uh, you know uniquely initiated, mm -hmm. right? Uh, but but rather, uh, I don't think anyone uh, is is uh, communally initiated. Right. Uh, we can be, we can be led to the truth. But but we have to open the door. That's right. And we have and and uh, this this is a a, a process of the uh, eternal struggle between uh, uh, desire and and the price of knowledge. Correct. Okay. This mm -hmm. and 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 uh, quite frankly, you know, I I I don't know uh, what my uh, mundane uh, designation could even be. Right. Uh, but but I I do do dearly love to to uh, uh, commune uh, with with others uh, sure. who have have particular experience, right? And uh, the uh, I well I'll tell I'll tell you uh, you know how how I feel about things uh, at at this time in my life. Okay, is is that is that uh, Knowledge and power, uh, you know, are, are very intimate, intimate uh, things. Most definitely. But, but, but there is a price for knowledge. There is a price. That's right. Yep. Okay. Um, and and that uh, price is basically uh, what we pay is uh, those conceptions that we hold most dear. Uh, 
and 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 the 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 uh, the reward is realizing that uh, we have either transcended a prior truth mm. or re or realized that we were uh, uh, being uh, we were blind faith believing uh, a particular thing for for whatever expedient. Okay, whatever expedient means that may have been. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, and and uh, I I heard you say something about uh, the vampire and and uh, the 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 uh, quintessence of, of vampirism. I think I believe that's your your leisure domain. If I'm wrong, mm -hmm. please correct me. Right. Uh, the. Uh, <clears throat> Like like I said, uh, okay. Well, okay. I'm I'm just going to cut myself off right there and and take it okay. a, a different path if you don't mind. Oh, sure. Okay. Um, we uh, when we're born, our one of one of our first uh, 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 physical encounters, of course, uh, is is the 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 incredibly traumatic. Uh, interjection from uh, one one dimensional uh, domain to another and mm -hmm. and becoming becoming uh, a spirit incarnate uh, in right. these body in these bodies mm -hmm. that we are we are going to inhabit uh, as right. as I think I think as a process of free will uh, and and go through life uh, having having this life experience mm -hmm. but uh, the first thing we're we're introduced to is the tit and 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 the milk. <laughs> That's right. The the mother's milk. Uh -huh. And uh, and uh, from from there uh, we go on to uh, more substantial food. And uh, by by more substantial uh, uh, the the intake, we we start deriving nourishment uh, from from a a greater bandwidth of the earth the earth's life form right and and so on and so forth and then uh, as as we grow uh we find our our tastes change uh we we may, we may not like uh i i could i have never been able to eat eggs uh, okay and and uh and i I tried. I, I tried a few times, uh, mm -hmm. but but I can I can eat eggs in uh, like potato salad, and wow. uh, okay. to me that's that's good stuff. But uh, I I then that that is the one and only food, and in fact uh, that is uh, some something of a family trait. Uh, okay. A cousin and I went. A cousin and I once stole. Uh, a quart of eggnog uh, during the holidays. Uh, we we stole we stole it from his mother's uh, refrigerator, and we went out in the backyard and, and and basically guzzled it as fast as we could. And uh, that that that's when we became aware of of how allergic to egg we are. I mean, uh, that's funny. <laughs> he, well, he he ended up in the hospital. But, uh, oh wow! Well, that's not all funny. I did. All I did was roll around in the yard for a while, holding my guts and wishing I was dead. <laughs> but yeah. uh, 
you know, this is this this is uh, one of the ways that we learn and one of the ways sure. that we acquire we acquire knowledge. Okay. And uh, uh, I have dabbled a couple times, uh, and 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 for lack of a a physical description found myself rolling around holding my guts and wishing I was dead. Mm. Uh, so uh, there you go. I I believe uh, <clears throat> I, I and 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 uh, my my other name uh, for for old timers around here. My other name was Arabos, and uh, I, uh, I I I'm not sure if you know what the Arabos is, I, and and it has been. For the last twenty thousand years, it's been uh, uh, written and rewritten and transcribed and and, and uh, mostly uh, portrayed, you know, at, as an icon. Right. But then third uh, third dimensional letters are always uh, presented as an icon. But the uh, <clears throat> the Arabos is uh, the the serpent uh, with his Correct. tail in his mouth. Okay, yep. and and uh, our our people, I believe, our people, uh, twenty thousand years ago, uh, primarily because we can find the Arabos inscribed and carved into uh, rock, and and put on uh, monuments uh, mm. on 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 the on the bottom of of those uh, big fellows that that are on Easter Island guarding the island, the Arabos right. uh, it worldwide. So the point is, it's pretty darned old. Right. And and uh, that was one of that was sort of an epiphany with me because I am, among other things, you know, a a uh, a physicist, a a study, uh, the physical arts, math uh, and that sort of thing. Right. And 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 I when I first encountered the Arabos, there was something about it that that keyed a memory. Mm. And. And, and 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 it just sort of rode resident, you know, kind of kind of like a, uh, gosh, you know, like 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 something going around and around and around, and uh, like 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 a lot of thoughts eventually disappearing into the center. At right. which point we, go, we say, aha, and uh, that that was that was to me, uh, uh, that said clearly to me, uh, including. Uh, that those awakened memories that that uh, the the state of the universe is indeed uh, entropic and at that time I was studying there was there was a huge argument over whether the universe was open or steady state or closed mm. and uh, 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 humanity has sent these marvelous instruments out into space and they they have uh, looked at what they can see, and right. uh, with, with that greater vision, we're, we're able to uh, uh, gather more input and data. Right. And 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 they're <clears throat> the day that they declared without a doubt <clears throat> we live in a closed universe. Uh, that was a very interesting day for me. <laughs> I yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so okay, if I'm, I don't know if I'm taking taking up. No, your no, no. Time. If I could ask you a quick question, if I could ask you, uh, did you you said that that was also a name that people knew you by? Is was it because of, you know, what you're talking about, um, 
I mean, how did you, how did that name stick to you? I would ask you. And, and uh, is that what your background is? Did you go to, well, you educate, did you go to school for that? Was that your profession, phys, you know, being a physicist? No. I, all through my life, there has this, been this growing insatiable desire for truth. It's, it, okay. it, truth is my drug. Truth is my drug. I got you. Okay. Uh, yeah. And and I I, I do believe <clears throat> that Arabos uh, Arabos <laughs> is, is at one time was a fairly common name in in Aramaic. Right. And and I, and I think in the uh, the the uh, well probably most commonly known Christian uh, scripture, uh, uh, Arabos, there, there were three spirits, three spirits that were crucified there, three three crosses. One was, one was Barabbas, and the, the other was uh, uh, Yoso, Yoso, and, 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 and the third was Arabos. And, okay. Uh, of those three spirits, and then and then that to me, that to me is is pretty pretty darn, uh, you know. The, you, there were there were for for uh, millennia, it has never been known whether the universe was open or steady state, or closed. And and uh, our, I believe I'm sorry. Did I cut you off? No, 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 no. Go ahead. Okay. Okay, I'll go on as, as as soon as as soon as you start feeling like you're going to sleep. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. Go ahead, finish. Uh, let you finish this. Let let you finish this thought, and then uh, we we'll go to the next call. But go ahead and finish what you're saying. Okay. Okay. Um, I have been noticing here recently, and I uh, I pay attention to things, and there there are. Uh, like I said, there there are uh, expressions come in, in many dimensional forms. Right. And uh, here recently, uh, and and in, in cutting edge physics, there phenomenon uh, known as a causality loop. Uh, some people call it a time loop, uh, which is in a, in and of itself is is a form of a rabos. Right. Uh, but but it has it has the uh, uh, gosh, I guess the most common, long-standing, uh, mundane recognition of it is uh, déjà vu, uh, and, mm. and 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 uh, this is, <coughs> this this is uh, reminiscent of a uh, I, I think uh, a, a an awakening, a, a burgeoning upon uh, humanity, whether they want it or not. Uh, there, there is going to be, there is going to be an evol. There have always been evolutionary events, you know, whether uh, humanity wanted it or not, because yeah. <clears throat> evol evolution, evolution is is uh, confirmed. It's congruent uh, by by basically by a lot of the stuff that I've just been talking about. Sure. But I had I had kind of gotten away away from the crafts and. Uh, and this, uh, uh, and, and I'm seeing causality loops being being portrayed in media a lot. Uh, sure. One one 
one one example would be the movie Groundhog Day. Uh, ground mm-hmm. Groundhog Groundhog sure. Day is all about uh, iconology <laughs> and 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 of particular interest to me uh, is how the character in that movie uh, escaped his, mm. his uh, uh, for lack of a better description uh, hell you know I I don't know but uh, yeah he was. He was caught in the causality loop. That's and, right. And I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to understand uh, the expression. And even, even though you know that was just, just a, a writer uh, uh, coming up with, with uh, very, very interesting content that had mm-hmm. all of the right stuff in it. You know, uh, a little, a little and uh, drama and and uh, comedy uh, nice mix nice mix I mean it was a very good potato salad <laughs> you know <laughs> but nice All right, well we appreciate it thank you for sharing that with us uh, oh, okay lot. but no definitely appreciate it uh, we'll look, uh, pre- how did you come across the show if I could ask you real quick before we uh, let you go um, well, I, I've been on talk show for a long, long time and, uh, okay. I drop in, I drop in and listen and sometimes okay. I, I feel compelled to come in and ask. And I guess the, the, the question, if I would ask, you know, one, one particular question is mm-hmm. what am I, <laughs> what the hell am I? That's I, I don't know. No, that's a, that's a, that's a constant learning process that never ends. And it's an excellent question. And that's, I think that's what we're all trying to strive to figure out. And I don't think. If we had the definitive answer to that, we probably wouldn't even be having these discussions. But uh, we appreciate the call and thanks for the input. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right, you have a good evening. Good evening. All right, did we lose? Uh, Mandy? Yeah, she. Yeah, she's at the hospital. Yeah, I see. Her. What's going on with her father? Something's going on with her father. I see. Yeah, just being stubborn, she says. So. Okay, Hopefully well, it'll be okay. Yeah, wish him well. Wish him well. Mm-hmm. All right, let's see if we got anything else in the chat. Uh, that was a lot now. And that, that you, know, you heard the elder, 70 years old, I believe you said. He was, yeah, he was, that was awesome. He was dropping a lot of metaphysical stuff. He was, and, and I don't think, you know, it, it, I, I caught that. Even just when he was talking just about knowledge, I caught that. He even typed something in chat, didn't know. <laughs> Canada. Yeah, he's um, but that was just awesome that he just even felt compelled enough to just to come on and share. But something he said, we can all glean some knowledge from that. I mean, I was about to start doing the robot in this bitch. No, <laughs> nah, but it did. But hey, look, you know, you know what that tells me, though, on, on a serious note, you know, here we are. We got an elder uh, and I'm sure there's many elders out there like him that actually I, it, it, it proves my point what I said earlier. We have a lot of readers, but we don't have people that actually study and absorb the information and can actually, you know, put it into practice, which has root in the word practical, right? I think that gets lost in translation because, look, a lot of us can read, you know, let's be, let's, let's be real, but are we retaining what we're studying and reading? Now, you can apply that to this path, you can apply it to whatever. It uh, doesn't necessarily you have to be on this path, whatever you want to identify with. I'm saying apply it to yourself. And there's one thing that stood out to me. Um, 
probably more than anything, he said, knowledge is power. And with, with that knowledge and power, and you've always heard me say something similar, comes responsibility, right? I hope everybody caught that when he said that. He said, knowledge is power. And that power can be, some people unfortunately abuse it. How? Because some people figure if they have knowledge that another person doesn't, they can use it as a form of suppression. We see that in many different circles. Um, but I also, and this is just my opinion, I believe not when you have knowledge and that power, I think it is to some extent, as I said before, to those that want it, uh, it is your duty to teach and educate. I believe if you have that, because what good is it if you just suck it all up, keep it to yourself, and you can't utilize that knowledge and power to make a difference? Well, that's by what you're saying, right? What uh, knowledge comes with, you know, great responsibility. Yeah, and 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 that's, I mean. If you if you if you didn't remember anything else, you said, remember that, people, um, as far as how you apply that. And we can use that concept on this path and our everyday, you know, practice of it. But anyway, it was interesting. Uh, but let me see if we got anybody else on the other side. Then I'm going to go through this uh, YouTube chat room um, and take some questions. And no questions in there, just comments. It's just people just talk to each other. All right. Let me double check because you guys came in late. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, let me just go up to the top again. If we didn't uh, greet you again, uh, just if you came in late, um, like like the uh, co-host does. Let me stop. If you came, <laughs> if you came in late, uh, Father Sebastian was with us for about an hour. Um, you can when when the um, when the show wraps up, which will be shortly, uh, you'll be able to go listen to the upload here on YouTube or on TalkShoe. Um, he, well, obviously his phone, for those that were here and uh, heard his phone battery died out. He actually, right before the show, uh, when you heard me call him in the beginning of the show, when we were trying to connect him, he had just purchased a new iPhone. Um, so the battery wasn't fully charged, but you also heard him say at the end, he definitely wants to come back. I'll, I'll give him a call and uh, check his schedule to see when we can get him back on um, uh, to, you know, have his battery fully charged, keep him here for at least two hours and uh, get in depth on some of the things he was talking about. And I, I personally was fascinated by a lot of the things he was talking about. Uh, there were some other things I want him to elaborate on. I'm going to leave it for, for when he comes back on. Some other stuff I would like to bring up in our private conversation. Uh, about what we were going to talk about here. We didn't get a chance to get to, but that's okay. Uh, but we didn't just plan to have him on one time. We, we, you know, we had also discussed trying to get him to come on periodically since, uh, you know, the study of vampirism and the vampire culture is, is, is something that we all uh, uh, study on some level. So I, I think uh, it'll be beneficial. Uh, why I wanted some some to call in, and that's why I asked Brother Doom, I want to know what people's interest uh, is in the vampire culture. On what level? Are you just uh, somebody that uh, is, is fascinated with it? You just like to read and study about it? Uh, are you somebody that actually uh, incorporates some of the spiritual practices and methodologies uh, on your personal spiritual path? What, what, I'm, I'm interested to hear that because uh, I just think it makes interesting uh, conversation, not only, not only just because I want to ask you that and hear it, but for the other listeners that are on the path so they can kind of grasp and, you know, it might help them in your experiences um, kind of identify where that. That's why I'd ask Brother Doom that. I wasn't asking him because 
I just wanted to put him on the spot. It's not why I asked. I wanted to ask him because I just wanted to see uh, for so everybody else can hear it for themselves. All right. So yeah, very, and I wanted him mm-hmm. to. I wanted him to t- talk about to this this energy because as I said in the book, you don't really talk about. It. He got like this one section, and I guess he expounds on it more in the other one. I'm not going to ruin the name. Oh. He he does, and he's working on a new book, like you heard him say. But he takes the 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 uh, energy exchanging of the energies and the absorption and exchange and exchange of energies very personal. Uh, he considers it sacred, was the word that he used, not in a religious sense. I want to make a religious sense. I want to make that clear, because sometimes we hear words like that, and and our mind, based on how we've been indoctrinated through all these faith and belief systems. We tend to, the mind wanders there. So when we say sacred and sanctified and all that, uh, you know, try to internalize that on a personal level, not not a a established methodology via religion, because that's unfortunately, let's just keep it 100%. A lot of those words identify with religious concepts, unfortunately. Yeah, but Um, I want him to talk about it too, like, um, um, in case I forget, that's why I'm saying this, because I know you'll remember. Uh, right. just just on the aspect of um, you know how sometimes well I know I can sometimes can you know how that sense that sense of feeling like someone is trying to pry or mm-hmm. like um someone may be trying to tap right into, like I wanted to know what was his protection methods and things of that nature because I don't remember reading that part of it in the book. And you know, what do you mean against psychic attacks? You mean it could be because um, now that I was listening to him with his different breakdowns, it could be psychic, like they maybe trying to psychic psychically um, get energy from you. Oh, okay, I got you. Now, you heard him. Well, one thing he did speak on that, I think you were here. It was kind of earlier in the show. You might not have been on because he talked twice about it. He's more he's more uh, along the guidelines of consensual. Right. I know. I know what he's along, but I just. okay. So maybe I didn't understand what you're saying. Quite sure he can expound on that. But anyway. Okay, no, no, I lost you then. I'm, I'm, maybe I didn't, there was some part of your question I didn't get. So, all right, you were That's saying. Okay. That's all right. No, no, let's, let's elaborate. Oh, no, maybe I'll put my foot right through the screen. I was that. You can try. <laughs> yeah, all right, but I, I, all right, so that would be something good. Uh, I'm sure a lot of us had questions. We just didn't get a chance to get to them, but that's good. So that gives you something to think about and. People, please have, have those quite just in case you never know something like that could happen. You know, have your questions typed in, just like you're doing, you know, in a regular uh, uh, YouTube setting or something. Yeah, like not have your questions typed in. Don't wait till but, the time. Uh, the question, right. Don't don't wait till we open the questions up because, as you know, unfortunately, sometimes with talk show, in addition, I mean, this was an issue. You know, that was just this phone battery dying. That I mean, but things can happen. So if you have some of your stuff in there already. Uh, we can immediately go to the material and the questions and, and get them over. Um, problem is everybody started putting questions in, uh, but it was a little bit too late by then. But anyway, shit happens for a reason. No big yeah, deal. Yeah, I wanted him to talk about too about you know how we've talked about because this is something I do, especially it depends on who I've interacted with throughout the day. Was returning energy 
I know he was talking about, did he? I think he kind of touched on it a little bit, but he just talked on a little bit, I think, in regards to when I was asking him about um, vampires being healing. But just in returning people's energy during the day, um, I'll know I'll go on meditation. And I did. that's something I want to ask him about, just returning. I don't want no useless. I don't want no one entrails is how he kind of put it. You know, the little tendrils that always reaches out to be stuck inside of my auric field. Um, right. And 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 saying that, you got to remember, I think what I, I, I would hope a lot, a lot of people probably gather now by listening to him talk. Uh, I think a lot of people, as he said, as you can see, he made that statement. Most people identify with those lower levels of feeding. That's like when you're going out in public, a target. That's that's just basic shit. You know, that's that's really nothing uh, as opposed to the other levels that he talked about, the more internal, um, which deals with a lot more work. And, and look, it's not. Let's 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 make this real. This is not something you're gonna. You know, it's not like I got the instruction manual. Poof, I'm just gonna start. It doesn't work like that. Um, it doesn't and when he was not to cut you off because when you said that see that's what people miss is that when you're looking at people you have to know how to read or feel because that's what he was talking about um the different layers if you don't know how to read an auric field and understand what's going on i think the auric field has like six seven layers if you don't understand those layers and the layers that is closer to the skin yeah, he talked about that, and and I think I don't think a lot of people take that into account. Yeah, but he ain't really explained it. He ain't really explained the chakras because people don't really understand how chakras work because they don't work on healing their own fucking chakras. Because just to utilize and just to to try to tap into someone's chakras, you got to know what them puppies are on point and spinning how they're supposed to be spinning, not cracked, not chipped, not blacked out. You know, you have to know what you are trying to mm-hmm. get from. That no, can talk more it, about that. Yeah, that and he, he does get into in the book uh, the ritual with the chakras to a certain degree. Um, but with the touch, as he was explaining, the different levels and layers, uh, that's more of the intense levels of feeding. That's, it's, it, again, it's not like he said. He he talked about the basic shit like he used the mall example and he he used the the metaphors describing that energy field as like a a white cloud type of uh, energy that the vampire is able to see and feed off of and tap into etc. Uh, that's probably the most common one, uh, which you know I I've been aware of through you know other practices and study and then came across it in his book too. So you mean uh-huh. I can go to the store and be walking through the store and see a cloud? And I'm going. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that, that's how that's how he described it, you know, like Duma, he'd be in the gym looking at the big booty hoes, and he just he stuck all the energy from the big booty asses when he's in the gym. <laughs> no, but that, but remember, that's just uh, he, that's just like a temporary type of thing. I want him to elaborate on that. Exactly. You're not really, look, I, this is just my opinion. You're not really doing shit when you do that. That's just play shit to me. You know, to me, that sacred, like you said, that personal, 
consensual uh, feeding with an individual, you can't even put a price on that. You understand? You can't. I mean, I, that's the best way I can describe it. Uh, I think it's it's a whole different level uh, rather than just, oh, I'm going to be out and about at the mall or whatever. And, yeah, I'm feeding or I'm in fucking uh, Target. Yeah, to me, that's all. Nah, whatever. Great. But I think maybe that's more of a self-motivating thing uh, to the point. It can be illusionary, in my opinion, just like somebody can confuse astral traveling with other techniques. That's the other thing I wanted to get into, astral traveling and taking flight mm-hmm. right? and taking form in the astral realm. But we'll leave that for that because um, we had a conversation about that on the phone, which I found very interesting, taking on animal forms while you're in flight and things of that nature. Um, which I found very interesting. And I find, I, I think I mentioned that, uh, I think when I was doing the Obia show, I yeah. mentioned something similar that 90% of the time when you take shapeshift or take another another form of something, it's always going to be on the astral realm. Now, but I will say this, and I've had one experience with it in 1992 in the United States Virgin Islands, St. Croix to be exact. So yeah, my, my, my older son's first mother is from, and I actually lived there for six months. Yep. And there was an Obia man that lived next door. And that motherfucker took flight physically, not just astrally. And that's all I'm going to say. I'm going to sit here and that's great. get into detail about it and, and, and want people to accept that story because that would be ridiculous. But I want to say this. It, it, it can be done on both levels. But 90% or more of the time, it's going to be on the astral plane. Um, when you take flight, if you take another form, I keep saying, pay, take note of that, pay attention to that, because it's it's communicating a message to you, uh, especially if it's an animal form. You should understand what that animal represents, its nature, its characteristics. You're taking that form because it's showing you uh, a, a true aspect and nature of your character, right? That's the reason why you take flight. Uh, that's the reason why you take form. Uh, or whatever it is you take form. Even, look, even if it's something you think you willed, you, you, it's possible you did, but um, it's important to understand that. Um, but I'm going to say, and I'm in agreement with that, 90% or more of the time it's going it's to be on the astral. But I wanted to get into that because that's one of the elements he has in the book. Uh, and to me, the elements of vampire magic in the beginning, which is expounded on as the book goes on in depth, each one, uh, I would suggest to somebody, if they were interested in practicing the path, look at those elements in that book. Those are areas, like when Brother Duma brought that question up earlier, those are areas you would want to focus on if you were interested in really being on the path, in my opinion. That would be a good place to start. So for everybody, where do I start? How do I do this? Well, look at some of the elements. What are elements? Has root in the word elementals, right? Right, Element, elements is basically another aspect of a, a core foundation. Use it as that. That's what it is. Um, look in those areas if, that, if, it's, if it's a path of interest. Now, I've always said this, just like, you know, it may not be for you. This may not be something that you're really, you know, interested in doing, all right? All right, what else we got? I'm just going to scroll through. I'm going to wrap it up shortly. I just want to see if there's anything to... All right, what else we got? 
Yeah, there's a lot of comments, people saying, you know, lead by example, critical, you know, all those things are important. Yeah, uh, it's Mama Muerte. I see you. Hopefully everything good with you, with your pops. Yeah, they didn't left the hospital. Everything good. The work I put in, she says, lead me to you, big bro. Doors have opened since. Yeah, and I can see, yeah. Change the system, Meyer. Uh, look forward to our monthly rituals. I know we'll see you on the 22nd and the 23rd. Uh, procrastination. Yeah, I'm just going through them. I think, yeah, you're right. Just basic. Uh, all right, Mandela Born. Good to hear that. Uh, so you did the work that we talked about in your consultation. Uh, Going to hit you soon. A lot has changed since ritual. All good. Thanks a lot. No, well, give yourself thanks too. I always say that when. I mean, let me really reiterate this. I appreciate that, you know. But always give yourself credit first um, okay. because you had to carry out the work. I'm not saying you didn't, brother, but um, you had to carry the work out. And I'm glad to see you did that. Another brother uh, from Philly contacted me he's he's amped because he finished his work and then we're gonna have a follow-up and that's what gets me amped when people actually do the work because when you do the work and then you see you get the results you did it so stop and say to yourself you did it you and then when you tell me that you did it it's a good feeling because i say damn now you start to see you don't need to be initiated Stop feeling like you need you. you, you I'm, I'm speaking in general now, not to any of those individuals. We got to get out of this mentality that we feel this need to be initiated a part of or any of these existing groups or clubs because you don't. OK, this path, again, we keep losing sight of that word self mastery. The word in there is self people. It's it's, a, it's such a greater feeling of accomplishment when you do it for yourself. I can't even put that into words. I felt like I was released, like I was in jail for years when I finally came out of all these groups and organizations and spiritual systems that had, uh, you know, this chain of command over it. This is guru this, this is guru that, this is elder this, teacher this, master that, fuck all that shit. You know, you're the master. You understand? Ain't nobody my motherfucking master. Let me make that shit crystal clear. I don't, I don't follow anything or anybody, and none of us should, in the sense, I'm not talking about we can't commune, talk and build. There's one thing from taking guidance from an elder and teacher, and then there's one thing following that person. So what I'm trying to say is I, we don't wanna be followers. We wanna be doers. And one thing that gets me sick to my stomach is groupies and people that wanna follow. If you wanna be a follower, go join a fucking group or something, You know, get your little groupie thing on. Not interested. And if you know me and you know me now, I only fuck with people that do work, not people that talk about work that they don't ever fucking do. I'm not interested in that. I want interested. I ain't interested in, uh, you know, again, like I was talking earlier, portraying a certain image that you want to get across to everybody. I don't care about any of that shit. I passed that stage years ago. That shit is over. This right now. And as you get older, I'll tell you this. Look. I'm what, 47, I don't even know my fucking age. 47 going on 48 in June, right? I, I just think I no time for it no more. What the shit I used to have tolerance to on some level 
just a few years ago, that shit's out the door now. I ain't got no tolerance for that no more. I ain't got the time for it. And as you get older, and I'm sure anybody that's, you know, climbing, uh, you know, the age ladder, your time is precious to you. I know mine is. I ain't got time to waste. Not not because I, I, I feel like, you know, that you, you, you're old and crusty and you can't do nothing. I don't say it because of that. I say it because you start to realize your time is important. So I, why would I waste my energy and time with other people's bullshit when I could utilize that personal time for my own personal growth and change? That's my whole point. Right. You start to realize that as you get older. You understand? Did you say something? Facts. Oh, okay. I thought you were. But that, that's the key. Now, maybe when you're younger, you don't really view it like that 100%. And I get it. I was the same way when I was in my 20s and 30s. You know, you, you look to be engaging on some levels. You want to try to dive in. And yeah, I remember back in the day looking for people to, you know, debate with. Now it's like, eh, it gives a fuck. Because now it's just like, what, what is it, how's that going to benefit me? Now, I don't, I'm, let me make this clear. If you come stupid, you're going to get your ass checked. But that's if you're the aggressor, I'm saying. I don't, I don't go looking for it no more. And that's why I just, uh, you know. So, you know, you just you just block people out. But if your ass gets stupid, let me let me make this clear. I said it before in the past. I'm gonna say it again. Uh, don't I'm not no punk. Don't 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 get it twisted. I have no problem putting chin check in your ass and putting you in place if need be. Let me make that shit crystal clear. Because you know we do get you know you get the keyboard gangsters over. You know I like to say they hide behind the keyboards and their screen names. You know and they talk a little shit. You know. So don't get it twisted. But I ain't gonna waste my time with your ignorant shit. I just don't. Time, time, time is too precious for that shit. You know, and that's one thing we talked about the other night. People always gripe not having enough of time to do things. So now ask yourself, if you're in, if you're one of those people in those situations, do you really think you have excess time to be dealing with other people's bullshit? Hell, hell to the no. I know I don't. My thing is, look. My own shit. Right. I'm I'm, I'm trying I'm trying to look yeah if Father Sebastian wants to call it chasing that money as a tool or vehicle I'm trying to get my tools and vehicles up that's all I gotta say I ain't, I ain't got no time for that nonsense you know what I mean I one thing I ain't got no time I don't care about your likes and your just that's a motherfucker I can't even deal with I don't I think I don't I feel that I I I shut the fuck up that's personal. Okay, that's great. You feel like that. You're entitled to it, but don't get mad if other people ain't really agreeing with I, I, I this, I that. Anytime somebody constantly start off a sentence with that, they got personal shit they ain't dealing with. Because sometimes you just gotta face the facts. It's not always just about you. You understand? It is, but it isn't. If you understand what I mean, it is in the sense your personal work is always about you. But it's not always about you in the sense where people may not be in accordance with what you're saying, and that's okay. Just like I know on this platform, there's no way I'd be a fool to think that everybody that listens and tunes in is in 100% agreement with everything I say. I'd be an idiot to think that. Okay. I, th- again, this is a platform to share information, not because you know you should agree with everything I say. Now, it's great that most of you do because you have similar experiences. But I'm saying I know there's going to be those in between here and there that don't. So I'm not going to get mad if somebody doesn't 
but as long as it's done with taste and respect, because, you know, occasionally it's rare. You get the knucklehead that tries to come in and they get their feelings hurt and squashed. You know, your Rahotep nines and, and your, you know, your, your Ahmed Mohammed Hotep and, you know, all that shit. Look, I eat that shit outside. Eight dudes like that for breakfast, man. Come on. Please don't come at me with that shit. You're wasting your time and your energy. Go to go to go to sign at a TV and go to all that bullshit to cater cater to your ego. This shit, this shit is about really dealing with your shit. All right, what else we got? Anyway, I know that was a lot. It was. All right, so this is a good comment by Wacky J, and I like that follow Sebastian. This is I wanted to point this out. This is very important, and I'm glad that Wacky J. I, I mentioned it earlier, but I didn't get a chance. This was when I lost my train of thought earlier. He says, and let's and this, and I like the fact that Father Sebastian mentioned how he believes you sh- you should let children go their own path to get knowledge and experience, and not force them into any one path, say say or per se, vamp- being a vampire. That is so important. Let's touch on that real fast. I see this shit too, and when he said that, it made me think of shit I've seen over the years in the conscious community. How, and it still goes on today. How these kids haven't even had time to develop their personality and they dress in these motherfuckers in dashikis and and they, you they don't really absorb it like that and he did and i'm glad he said that like if he had a kid and brought it into the world he wouldn't say oh you're a vampire like he said let them experience the day side stuff the mundane world they need to because how can they differ, differ, differentiate and understand the difference between the two if they if you're not giving them the opportunity the space and the chance to experience it, like, and and it made me correlate to my older son. Yeah, my older son has been born into consciousness. My my little guy now, my you know that's what they know. But I still give them the space to express themselves. I never force it on them. I don't I don't tell them it's mandatory. Unfortunately, I see that in a lot of conscious circles because they're Pan African, but and that's usually why the child when he gets older strays because they never got the opportunity to experience anything. So as soon as they get of age, not all of them, but a lot of them are wild out because they never got a taste of freedom, right? So, you know, they they never been out in the world on any level to really experience it. Because my thing is, if you don't experience to a certain degree, how can you make the, the decision of differentiating between the two? You can't. Because I see this all the time with kids being raised in these conscious so-called environments, if that's what you want to call it. But that was a very important thing he said, and, and I'm glad, uh, you know, Wacky J, you caught that and pointed it out. I wanted to elaborate on that earlier, but I totally forgot. So I want to say this to say, if you're on this path, lead by your example. Don't force the shit on your kids. You know, you, you teach them, you educate them, you throw jewels at them, you know, but let them be kids. Let them interact. Let them experience light. If they're doing things, like, look, if you... Look, let me give you an example. My little guy loves soccer. I Soccer was never a passion when I grew up. I'm a huge sports fan, but I'm engaged in the soccer because that's what he wants to do. Now, I'd be an asshole if a parent say, no, my sport is baseball and football. Play one of those sports, right? Why would I force that on him? And he even played basketball. He likes basketball, but he gravitates towards soccer, swimming, and martial arts. That's what he likes. Now, I sucked at all three of those. You understand? You know, well, I... Took a little taekwondo, but swimming, horrible. I still can't swim to this day. I know that's embarrassing. I should learn how to swim. Being around all this water, that's another story. Uh, hold on, we'll get into that another time. And mm-hmm. soccer, 
never wasn't my thing growing up. But I would be a fool to say, don't play soccer, play this sport. Because why? Because I like that sport. Well, we do that. I've seen that in these conscious circles because you're this or you're on this path. Automatically, you're going to force feed that on your kids. I'm telling you, nine out of 10 times it backfires. It makes them rebel. Once they get a taste of freedom out in the world, girls usually become hoes because they ain't never, I'm going to keep it real. They usually go out there and they wild out because they ain't never had no freedom. And dudes usually get into a whole bunch of mess and trouble, either getting some young girl pregnant, running with the wrong crowd, vice versa. You see this pattern repeat itself. Why? You see it when somebody, even when somebody is raised in a strict religious household and they're not religious, that they don't want to be religious. The kids rebel. You understand? You can't force spirituality on somebody. They got to want to adapt to it because it's their own choice. So keep that in mind. That's that's a good good point to draw upon. All right, let me see what else we got. Think. Looks like it pretty much. Uh, smooth the God. Yeah, I had reached out to. Uh, I'll follow up as far as uh, Brother Panic. Um, yeah, I give him a call. See, that's it. I, I hadn't even thought about that to you. Until you uh, brought it up. Yeah, we can do that. Um, just to remind people, and I see there's a couple more questions at the bottom. I'm going to take there's a good question by somebody I see at the bottom. Yeah, uh, Light Lords, Assemble. Um, I'll get into a basic because that's actually uh, uh, something that is a little more intricate. But um, just to remind people, upcoming shows, uh, next guest will be on February 21st. That's going to be Dr. Edward Bruce Bynum. Um, don't miss that. We've had him before, and he's he he's always excellent when he's on here. Um, the following week, we'll have our brother Val Cadman. He'll be here to discuss the release of his new book, which is being released that day. It's actually available for pre-sale right now. Uh, he actually sent me an electronic version of it. I'm in the midst of reading it, so I have material. He wants me to ask him some questions on that. Um, very interesting book. It deals with the aspect of Hebrew demons and spirits. Uh, through that pantheon, if that's your interest, because um, as you know, Brother Bal Cadman deals with a wide range of occult topics and spirituality. He's he's probably, to me, one of the most diverse people out there when it comes. I mean, he goes to that, to working with St. Expedite, um, to, I mean, you name it. He's all the, I, really, I, I, I like, I, I have a similar approach that he does. I really do. He's, he, you see him working with Cal, he's working with Lily at St. Expedite. Hebrew demonology, the Goetia. I mean, he's all over the place, but in a good way. But there's some structure to his 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 uh, fluidity. Um, so it'd be nice, uh, you know, to get him on the show uh, and have him talk about that. All right. All right. So. Let's see what else we got. Uh, yeah, I see when Manny left the hospital. Cool. All right, Smooth Guard says, are you visualizing the trait or traits of the prey while draining after you've determined uh, they are a good prospect? I think he touched a little bit about on that. Uh, I, I would say traits plural um, because I think that's all plays a factor in it. Um, now, if you're zoning in on one particular aspect, 
Maybe there's a particular trait that you have identified where you feel you can absorb more energy. I've also seen that aspect, but that would be a good question, not how I apply it. Um, I look for more than one trait because you got to understand if you're focusing in on one particular trait, there might be other traits that are not as conducive that might affect that. That's just my approach. Not not saying that, you know, um, but I, I have known people to focus on one and I have known people to focus on multiple. I, I tend to look for multiple. Um, it just works better for me. Um, Mandela Vaughn with the talk shoot charts. Let me explain this. I've said this before. If you have, if when you're on trying to log into TalkShoe, if you have um, T-Mobile or Metro PCS, yes, they do. They, it's not that they charge. If you, there's a plan, there's a thing you have to have in your plan because this is like a, a, a calling conference uh, number, and they, we never had this on the old platform. It only seems, and I'm not sure, Mandela Bourne, if you, I'm sure you probably have either T-Mobile or Metro. Um, they seem to be the only providers that I think I believe it's a penny a minute. They you probably heard. Uh, yeah, it's 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 easier in my opinion and better to just when you when you join the studio when you click on go to the website and 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 come in through the internet. It's 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 easier. It's better because one you got video and audio capabilities. I just want to make that clear. Um, that to me is the best way. That's the upside to this new format that got set up. The downside, yes, if you have T-Mobile or Metro PCS, to, and I don't know if there's any other carriers to my knowledge, but I know those seem to be the two where, where that's the issue if you call in. So if you do have T-Mobile or Metro PCS, uh, I mentioned it in the past, uh, just be aware of that because um, that that is uh, what happens. I don't know why it changed. I couldn't tell you. Um, because it wasn't like that on the old format, as you know, you could, didn't matter what cell phone provider you had, you can call in, it was free. Uh, that's the best I can tell you on that. But uh, I would recommend most people, if you just come in on the internet, like when you hit join in studio, it says you want to join by phone or by, by internet computer only. My suggestion, that's if you have, and I know some people are out and about or they're traveling. I know some people might be listening in at work. So I know you may not always have the capability to sign on via a computer. But if you are, if you have the ability and you're at home and you have a desktop or a laptop, uh, I would try to connect through there. It's it's easier. You won't have no problem. And it gives you audio and video capabilities. Uh, if you so choose to want to be on video, that's entirely up to you. All right. So hopefully that helps you, brother. Light Lords Assemble. I'm Fresh Low. How do I get about my starting on my left-hand path? Right, that's a long question, but I give you some basic due to the fact of time's sake. Um, one, um, I would suggest if you haven't read uh, The Kabbalion by the Three Initiates, um, The Seven Hermetic Principles of Tahuti, uh, though technically that is not, wouldn't be considered a left-hand path publication, but it is a lot of the core foundations of one and how they approach this path. Um, another good book I would recommend, and we're actually gonna have him on the show, on March 9th, that's going to be a special Saturday show. I put this book up. Hold on. It gives uh, a Luciferian perspective of those uh, hermetic principles. I would read something like this too, Discovering the Divine. Get some of the basic stuff down pat would be my suggestion, just like anything else in life. You want to start with some of the core elements. Uh, I would start by uh, 
really reading those seven hermetic principles. Um, another good book you can get if you're looking uh, for a left-hand path practices that kind of goes into a, a wide range, uh, Sekum of Pep by Michael W. Ford. Uh, it touches on various different aspects, not really just a vampiric book, though it, it deals it deals with set Typhonian magic, but it covers a lot of the ancient Egyptian roots of left-hand path. Um, I would start with, you know, those works there, but I, I would definitely start with those hermetic principles um, because you're going to see that's a good foundation or place uh, to start. That would be my suggestion. The other thing you can do uh, right here, um, the, you know, shows are archived right here on the YouTube. You can go through, since you're on here, YouTube, um, you know, subscribe to the channel. Uh, and again, I would, if you are not subscribed to the channel, I would tell everybody subscribe, hit the notification bell too. After you subscribe, you'll get notifications every time I go live. But there's about 300 videos in the archive covering every topic. So when you get some time, my other suggestion would be just go through some of the videos, just scan through some of the videos. There's basic topics from the from the very simplest stuff to, to you know, more intricate stuff. And I'm sure you'll be able. And in the videos, too, I mentioned a lot of different books uh, and references that you can go refer to. So I think that would help you as far as starting. Uh, you'll see a lot of books mentioned over the years in the videos. So I'm sure you'll be able to gather a whole library. Uh, that's the best thing I could tell you. Uh, that would be a good place to start. Uh, so uh, Quintus Ferguson says, so essentially beings like the hat man or energy vampires or vampires. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess you can, if you, you can perceive it like that, I would, I would, you know, if you want to categorize it like that, yeah. Uh, okay, good question by un, un, Undulating Darkness. Uh, I have a question. I'd like to know what kind of methods you use to scan people for vampiric works or just general uh, spirit works. Well, I'll, I'll refer to something Father Sebastian said. Like he said, the life force is energy in general. That's why I had asked the question, uh, did, does he use a method where he's selective in his approach? Um, I, and, and again, in my opinion, I think you would really want to study, you know, your target if it's not consensual. I think you need to be very diligent in your preparation uh, and how you would scan them. I think that comes with a lot of training and discipline. That's not something you can just read a book. It talks about it. I think with constant meditation, discipline, uh, you know, getting a lot of internal things right, like your diet and your exercise, things that sharpen your spiritual sense, senses. Visualization is key. There are rituals you can do where you can send out and, and as you describe it in your question, use that scanning ability, but you have to obviously sharpen a lot of uh, personal things first. Uh, a lot of those higher senses are not gonna be opened if you got a lot of bullshit that you haven't addressed with yourself. Um, you know, such as uh, a lot of the things that we were, we were talking about earlier, if you were on earlier. Um, there is a way you can do it and there are, there are rituals when you say the scanning process, sometimes it's as easy as, as zoning in on the solar plexus. There's one form of energy absorption and tapping into the solar plexus. So what tends to happen is when you zone in on a target, you can sense and feel the vibration of that energy if it's something that's gonna be uplifting for you and energize you or something that's gonna be draining. But your sense, you will know 
it has the quality that you're that you're scanning or looking for. Um, I believe uh, what book is that? I believe Sekum of Pep might get into that a little bit. Um, going to the San, uh, Sanguinomicon, I know he gets into it in Father Sebastian's book. Um, uh, yeah, I would look there. Um, so it's something that comes with training and discipline. It's not going to, you're not going to be able to just read the technique in the book and then boom, just go apply it. I'm sure you know that. Uh, but that's the approach that I would take. So hopefully that hurts. What else we got? Bmo says, uh, in magic, any anything is possible. All right, let's let's. Uh, I don't know who this fool is. What is what we do to fools like that? We just remove them from the room. All right, so wait, what else we got? All right, so. Yeah, and uh, another good comment by Waggy J. Build a basic foundation. See, in my opinion, we lose sight of the basic stuff. And we think it's not important anymore. We we just think, and a lot of us are under the illusion that we got it all mastered and figured out. And sometimes you learn a hard lesson in life you don't. All right? Yeah. Uh Okay, what else we got here? Yeah, never lose sight of those basics. That's a good point. Here's another good comment by Wacky J, and that and that's and and the comment it speaks for itself. The more educated I become on Lucifer, Satan, black magic, the occult, spirituality, the more indoctrinated mind control is being destroyed. A vampire not how and that's that's the that, that's the purpose that's the change that's the groan uh if you're not seeing that people look i'm, I'm just gonna keep it real with you you, you, you got to really question what you're doing if you're doing and you're getting you're the same way nothing is changing something's not right so whatever it is you need to do you need to look at your approach and change it oh mandela born you got t-mobile okay so that 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 explains why you're having a problem yeah, uh, I got Metro. So I remember first uh, coming in on the platform, I tried to call in on my phone, the same thing. And then when I saw that they had the uh, just signing in on the internet capabilities and it gives you audio and video, it's a lot better. But again, as I said earlier, I know that could be a problem if you're out and about traveling or you're on the go. You know, I know some people it's easier to call in, but eh, unfortunately. If you got T-Mobile and Metro, that's just that's the problem with it. Yeah, penny a minute. That's what it told me. So, yeah, it sucks. I, I don't I don't really know why that changed. I couldn't tell you. Um, when they changed over to this new platform with this new look on the website, uh, and the, and the numbers changed. If you remember the old number, so maybe it's uh, with the provider that they're using uh, for all their calls. It's a different. Product. I don't know. 
best thing I could tell you. Uh, this is a really good question, uh, actually, by Ariel Coffin. Uh, what are your thoughts on atheism and magic practice? Are the two contradictory or similar mindsets? They could be both, and let me explain. First of all, I always say when that word atheism comes up, we got to understand the etymology and the root of words, right? The word atheism, right, is a Greek word, as we know. It comes from the word atheist, and it has root in the English word we know as theory, right? It's also the Greek word that they use in the Bible for God all throughout the New Testament, the word theos, right? So when you're saying an atheist, you're basically saying you have a theory. And in this case, it would be a theory uh, on the existence or non-existence of God. Now, I know in certain circles, and I can only tell you from my experience and what I've seen, I know in certain circles there are people who consider themselves atheist as far as their approach on the existence of God and a creator um, and consider themselves magicians. I've seen it. I've seen it blended in certain circles together and in the sense that it's just a theory. And what I mean by that, some can take the uh, agnostic or Gnostic approach. Most take that agnostic approach where they believe uh, that they are the center of everything. And that's a practice on this path where we believe uh, that everything is internal. Uh, we, we really vibrate with, and I was mentioning the seven hermetic principles earlier, that all is mental, mental is all. That's the first principle. The universe is mental, uh, and all things has its point of origin in the mind. Um, so the concept, and, and I mean, not so much if you consider yourself, uh, you know, in this group of people that call themselves atheists, but the concept of it, yes, has been inter interwoven in certain magical circles. And in my, my, and just in my opinion, I don't think it's contradictory. I just think it's a certain approach that different people use. Now, some other people that maybe may say that they're atheists, for an example, of like a hardcore atheist, may not understand how magical practices work. Now, if they're looking at lighter forms of magic where you're invoking uh, you know, let's say wicker nature-based deities and things of that nature, they might look at that as a belief the way a religious person would look at it. So I don't mean it in that sense, but there are some people that take an atheistic approach to the concept of God, meaning they accept the fact there is no spook God that resides somewhere in the sky. So they're atheists in that sense, uh, but they consider themselves black magicians and they consider themselves as the sole control and ruler of their universe. Um, so I don't, in my opinion, again, I'm sure not everybody's going to agree with that. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's contradictory at all. I think it's just, it's a personal approach if you are combining the two. Um, I, I think that's a very Luciferian concept. So some people can look at Luciferian principles and they can come across as, as very being atheist. Because I don't believe that there's some spook God somewhere up in the heavens and poof, he snapped his fingers and created everything. And that that insulting kindergarten story in the Bible is, is fact. That's just that's ridiculous. Anybody that believes that as a grown adult, in my opinion, got some problems. So I don't I don't believe in the monotheistic concept of deity at all. I just think it's all man made faith and belief systems. Um, so, again, long story short, it's the approach. And I don't think it's contradictory. Right. All right, it looks like we have just a couple more. You guys type some stuff in late. All right, what else we got? 
A smooth God says, what about creating servitors for draining with a filter for only the traits you seek from prospect? Yeah, I mean, yeah, because that's part of this path, creating servitor spheres. When you're creating a servitor, obviously you're creating it for a reason. But when you're shaping and forming that servitor for that particular pur purpose, you better create it with those particular traits in depth and detail that are conducive to what you need, which obviously, based on your comment, uh, you would. Um, but remember, I want to make this clear, and I did a show a little while back on servitors. Be very careful because make sure you're very in-depth and detail creating them servitors because they can run amok and cause you a lot of problems. And if you understand the whole concept of working with servitors, make sure they do not. What do I mean when I say they run amok, right? What tends to happen is if you're, uh, I'm going to use the term overfueling them, they can create a lot of disconnect within yourself. So as long as you're detailed in depth, yes, uh, you can create a servitor. It's just the word has root in what? The word serve. They, you're creating it for the purpose to serve your needs. So a servitor. And one thing I want to point out that Father Sebastian said, and don't lose sight of it. He said the vampire itself is an archetype. So let me shut down the shit when people say they don't work with archetypes. Anybody that says that on this path, doesn't know what an archetype is because when they're saying that they're thinking that an archetype is just a deity like an egyptian deity or you know even if you even when you if you work if you're a vampire and you're working with the vampire goddesses such as kali etc you're working with the archetype but it goes even deeper than that because what did he say the vampire itself is an archetype meaning the whole entire thing and people identify it or identify with it because of what that archetype represents. Further confirming and proving that an archetype can be a whole spiritual system, a path. It can be a specific methodology. It could be a deity. We got to understand what are archetypes. And I made that crystal clear in a bunch of videos, okay? <laughs> don't don't get out of your mind that an archetype is just a deity, what we know as deity in different paths, like the Orishi or the Natiru or, or, or the Sumerian gods. That's not only what an archetype is. If you think that, again, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. We got a lot of readers, but we don't got people that study and learn and apply the information. Remember, he said that and he made it clear. The vampire itself is an archetype as a whole. So how could you be on this path and say you don't work with archetypes? Then you don't understand what magic is. You're constantly working with archetypes. All these different paths that are, when we say left-hand path, path to self-mastery, and then we categorize them by saying vampirism, luciferianism, this or that, that is an archetype, okay? Make that clear. If you don't understand that, then you don't know what an archetype is. Okay, that's just fragments of what the left hand or archetypes are this path. That's it. It's that simple. All right, what else we got? Yeah, and then uh, Wacky J put a, put a link to Richard K. Page's book. Uh, and I would encourage you people to get, get. he's got four or five books out. Get his books and have, have your questions ready, man. Look, I keep saying when we're bringing these authors on, this is, you guys read all these books. That's why I want to do this. I want you guys to ask the questions. You're reading the book. Ask them the questions in about, look, why did you, where did you get this from? Or what's your, what's your take on this? How did you come up with that? That's going to help you in your study and your approach. 
Same thing like, you know, when Father Sebastian comes back on now, go back over the material and have your questions ready. So when he comes back on, bam, you have stuff that, because this is going to help you in your journey. And again, my approach and thinking is this, let's get the people on here uh, that write a lot of the books that we study and read on this path that makes sense. So we can pick their brains rather than, you know, us trying to just uh, make assumptions because there's some things I think Father Sebastian made clear tonight that we probably weren't aware of. Um, I'm sure. All right. What else we got? Yeah, on on uh, undulating darkness. Uh, yes, that's exactly what I was saying. Feeling and perception, which comes with all those disciplinary tools. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's exactly what I meant. And and then Papa Ken's corner. I purchased the book. Just last week, a lot of info. I'm happy to dive deeper. Uh, okay, cool. All right, so that's going to be it. Uh, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, appreciate everybody tuning in real quick. Tuesday night, uh, we're going uh, to do a, a video on the Sith and the path of inner destruction. All right, we're going to go in depth to that. Uh, it's going to continue this process for the end of the month. Uh, again, remind people to online classes. I know some of these have already signed up. Uh, if you have not received the email and the information for the online classes, the spring session is going to start March 23rd. Um, if you're interested in participating in those uh, private online classes, um, send me an email, the email that you see in the description box, uh, O-S-H, I'm sorry, I'm giving you a different email. K-H-N-U-M-19 at gmail.com. You'll see it in the description box. Uh, feel free to hit me up. I'll send you the information on that. And if anybody's interested in a spiritual consultation or a reading, um, feel free to email me at the same email address, K-H-N-U-M-19 at gmail.com. Uh, please, please at least give me a two-day notice uh, because I stay busy with that. Um, I can usually get to everybody within two days uh, and specify if you want a reading or a consultation, two different things. A reading is where we just pull the spirits down and whatever comes through, that's what we roll with. A consultation is more of a one-on-one -on -one session where we can discuss whatever you want to discuss and whatever happens, happens, all right? So I just want to make that uh, crystal clear. Um, so when you do hit me up, be clear in your email, uh, and then we can proceed and go from there. People, it's been real. Uh, so I look forward, uh, look for the link to be put up soon, Tuesday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we will be live here on YouTube. If you missed, uh, you know, if you came in late and missed the first hour when Father Sebastian was on, as soon as this thing ends and posts, you'll be able to go back and listen to it. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get him back on. I'll give him a call tomorrow and find out when his schedule permits him to come back on. And uh, we'll make sure his phone is completely charged and we'll keep him here for the full full length of the show and make sure we give you guys an opportunity to ask questions. All right. Peace, love, hair grease, all that good shit. And I'll talk to you people soon. Close out the talk shoe. Peace, people. A little scary music to send you guys to sleep.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.